Okay. What is this about? Hey, Jacob. Well, uh, this is what you're about to hear is actually this is an intro. I'm ta- I'm speaking to you now, April 2016. But this is a podcast that we recorded with our friend Luke Coons uh, in November 2015. And so what you're going to listen to is me and him talking about our story for what was supposed to be Pirates of the Caribbean 4. Now, I don't know what you think about the Pirates of the Caribbean films. You might be a fan. You might not. Uh, I and Luke are kind of like, you know, we like the ideas, the concepts, and we think that the actual execution uh, had a lot of potential. And so that's what kind of generated our interest in, or at least mine, most likely, most yeah. thing. By the way, you're um, doing this the intro? Is, yeah. the, is it the prelude? Yeah, it's the prelude. The little padding. Yeah. Little is there padding. padding at the end? Or and I just this? wanted to do this because I wanted to say that I took some effort to try to make it a little more special, so this is a special podcast well, episode. Let's really quick then explain what this is about. Oh, that's what I was doing, but oh, okay. you, you said, is this an intro? And I just wanted to say that this was supposed to be what I wanted it to be. So it's supposed to be this film that I was going to hopefully direct and we could steer the ship of this project, as it were, and to give people a better idea of what the idea well, of what it all was. This was all secret for a long time. I didn't really talk to many people about it because this started in 2007, 2008, and in 2009 it died when we heard of the announcement for On Stranger Tides, which is coming out, which is based on a book from 1987, you know, partially. Instead, we made an original story. But hey, this is why we made this because the the cat's out of the bag, Mister Turner. Yeah, because there's no reason to keep it hidden anymore. So, with that, without further, well, there is a further ado. There's further ado. Did we record something at the beginning of the actual podcast? I forgot. Yeah, we talked about James Bond, and we all did all kinds of little different things. So it's like a regular podcast, just a little bit longer. Because because I was just explaining my movie, and Luke was helping because he was really good. What? The beginning is normal, yeah. I think, and then later... Yeah, then we shift gears. Shift gears. And uh, what I wanted to do here is take some little bit of effort to add some sound effects and music and stuff like that. Yeah. And just so to give a general of feel of, the, the, of, the, of how the story episode. is. And there's, these aren't all the ideas put in. This is just a summary of them. And like I said, it was very secret. We did... I Not really secret. It's just that I didn't tell people about it, which I usually do for every movie project I work on. If I feel like it's too important, I don't like sharing it with the world until we make the movie or we're uh, on a stage that's possible. But in this case, it's broken. So Mm -hmm. I can show it off and that's why we're here. And I'd love to let you uh, listen to this. And also, Tim, I don't know if you remember this, if he's ever listening, Tim, our cousin. uh, Do you remember when we were visiting your parents' in 2008 and it was summer and I was sketching some stuff and then you were like oh Philip's sketching a lot of stuff what's he sketching and I didn't want to show it to you and I just actually left and I was like no no and I actually ran all the way to the other really? house and I hid it in uh really? in a shelf because I didn't want to show you yeah well this was what it was it was some of the drawings for like the Fountain of Youth and the Pirates film and here we are 2008 yeah eight years Yep. <laughs> so hopefully this will make sense. And also, 
Also, this story wouldn't have been nearly as good if it wasn't for the help of my other friend, Luke, which I failed to mention in this podcast, but I will mention now Luke Dubert, who actually sent me these, or Dubert, who actually helped sent me these awesome Star Wars making of books, and he's a great friend, and he was really good at giving me ideas and developing this at the beginning of how I wanted to work on this, and that's why I just want to say shout-outs to Luke. Thank you. Really great ideas and inclusions help if you're going to see some criticism for the next films or any of that just be warned that those aren't necessarily my opinions i never really stated my opinions and uh well luke's a very vocal guy he's he kind of talked about that and in the end i wish we could have done this for x-men as well but um but we didn't expand one well we but we didn't do it as intricately oh yes but hey what are you going to do so this this is it. So enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. Have a good time. Have a good uh, romp through the old pirates. Yep. Previously, four. potentially four. Yeah, and so, then potentially five, and, and then Luke. potentially dead. <laughs> so yeah, enjoy and have a good one. We'll see you in our, we, we, no, our past selves. We'll see you in three, two, one. I still need to see. James Bond, some James Bond movies I haven't seen yet, like Honor Majesty's Service I haven't seen. I haven't seen the Dalton ones. I haven't seen some other Connery ones. I think, I don't know, I think yeah. the main ones for Connery, I think, like, you know, you can you can, you can can watch Doctor No. I feel like Doctor No was really sketchy. Um, I mean, I, I remember we watched it on Blu-ray, and it was, because, uh, you know, it was a new Blu-ray release at the time. Yeah. And uh, it was this very, you know, slow movie. It was. It um, is, yeah. And then I mean, suddenly, and then suddenly, it just goes weird. It's it's like it's very slow. And then suddenly, at the end, you're at this big kind of yeah. fantastic nuclear scientist lab thing, and you're like, "What just happened here? Did we?" Whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you telling me this sucker is nuclear? <laughs> Basically, no, no, no. This sucker is electrical. Oh, but I, <laughs> yeah. I do quite like from Rush with Love though. I think from Rush with Love, Thunderball are the best of Connor. With Love, which is the uh, the false, the false prophet, you. which is the false one. Diamonds no, are forever. No, no. No, or is it Never Say Never? The non-canon one. Yeah, yeah, that. Never Say Never again, or okay. whatever it is. Yeah, Never Say Never. Which is like again. this really weird remake of Thunderball. It's so weird. It's so uh, weird. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's right. That's what the whole thing was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. On the documentaries. Yeah. Yeah, watched. We, we talked about how the whole license problems with um, the co-writer for like Thunderball and yeah, that's so right. on and he so forth. He claimed that he made it, and that's why they couldn't use the character right. from Spectre now, played by Christopher Waltz. Yeah, there was lots, the there was lots of issues until with that. Yeah. Now, really? Because mm-hmm. apparently Mendes oh. wanted to use when he wanted Blofeld in, that's in Sam Skyfall. Mendes, the director, um, but he couldn't do it. Okay. He couldn't do it. Because interesting, interesting. Well, there's, there's a whole complicated history in the broccoli. Yeah. Really, really, broccoli really ownership is. and stuff like that. But so, oh, wait a second, guys. I, I have a feeling. Yes. We're being recorded. I can tell. Hello. Hello. Jacob. Hey, Luke. Oh, we're starting here. Are we? Do you want to? I thought we already started like. 
I don't, well, we could, but <laughs> this is the first time we noticed we'll that we're being recorded. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Phil Dragish. I'm here sitting in our high-tech studio. That's right. With me is Jake Dragish. That's my name. He's my brother, and he's a little bit taller than me, which is unfortunate, but true. And with us is our frequent special guest, Luke Benjamin Coons, who just released Howdy. a book. Oh, sure yeah. did. And it's, it's smashing, smashing awesome. all the records. I'm making that up completely, but I wish it would. Well, it's, <laughs> well we can just say that it, it's know, smashing it, my records. It has the potential to smash those records. It has my records are being smashed s- already. I'm very upset about face. this. You have to tell your book to go back home until it starts smashing some other stuff in my house. Yeah. I know, right? Totes. So anyway, Luke, tell us about your book. Yeah. Oh, promo time. While we're, while we're here in the introduction, Shameless in the early years, profile, in the early times. Um, yeah, it's called The Scarlet Thread of Murder. Um, it's all about murder. Um... It consists of two novellas. The first one is a title called Scarlet Thread of Murder, um, which is about three detectives. Um, one is Sherlock Holmes, one is um, real-life detec- detective Edmund Reed, and the other one is another fictional detective named Martin Hewitt. They all are investigating three specific crimes. One has to do with an explosion at Whitechapel Underground Station. One has to do with someone who's being stalked by a creature known as the Goblin Man. And the other Whoa, one is buddy. a um, missing persons case. Um, and all three of these detectives are following their trails. And eventually they find out that they're, they all kind of start linking up. And there's a big, quite grand scheme at work um, uh, that involves some people and some anarchists. And it's pretty... It's pretty gruesome. It's it's I uh, you know it's downright Scooby Doo here. Where kids can read the original Sherlock Holmes stories, I I don't I wouldn't recommend. Kids, okay, so kids for reading. mature audiences only. Yeah, there's there's some bloody there's some bloody murders in there. Um, okay, okay. And then there's the the second story, which is called A Scandal in America, which features um, uh, Conan Doyle's character Irene Adler, which she first appeared oh, yeah. in a in a story called A Scandal I think in I Bohemia. Remember her. Well, she was in all the she was played by Rachel McAdams in the she adaptations. Was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they kind of turn her... In the adaptations now, they make her into a villainess, which she's not really a villain. She's just um, uh, adventurous, I guess. Um, but yeah, so the original story she was in is called Scandal in Bohemia, so I kind of played on that title. Um, in the original story, she um, is... Well, in the Conan Doyle story, she um, possesses a photograph of her and the Bohemian King. Um, or soon to be king, and he thinks she's going to use it as blackmail and disrupt his whole coronation. Um, at the end of the story, she eventually gets married to a guy named Godfrey, um, Norton Godfrey, and um, mm. they go off. Well, they go off into the sunset, and she assures that she's not going to use the uh, pictures for blackmail. It's just for her for her own protection. <laughs> so this story picks up like about a year or so afterwards, um, and her husband has actually been murdered in his. New York office, and she summons oh my. Holmes to come and help. And so him and Watson all the way to New York. Take it. They take a boat. They get to New York about a week later or so, and uh, start going on a romp, Ooh. a romp throughout America to find the uh, the reasons behind his death, which takes them all the way out to Nevada. That's insane, man. Mm. Sounds dazzling. That's pretty cool. I enjoyed it. They, they were That's fun. Cool. That's great. Fun really to write. So that's Sherlock Holmes. The Scarlet Thread of Murder. Yeah, guys, you go pick that book Apparently up. Apparently I'm from Australia now. You're right. the Apple, uh, 
Spe- the Apple speaker, speech. yeah. Get it, review right. it on Amazon. Go, um, guys, review it, pick it up, read it, review it's it. It's got a great cover review that it. I had nothing to do with Unless except the style it, of the logo. Unless you hate it, just send me hate mail, but if you like it, review it. <laughs> yeah. Send the hate mail to Luke Benjamin Coons. Send the reviews yeah, to send Amazon. Send the great <laughs> reviews to Amazon. <laughs> exactly. Easy to do. Vavoom. Great for Luke. Exactly. Perfect. So that's, that's pretty all good. In, in the end. Well, you know... Awesome. I heard that your uh, book opening was kind of a surprise. It was because uh, we had a um, we had an event right going, and I mean w- we've had a lot of events at the Homes Hotel on Baker Street, and apparently this one was the last one that we could actually have there for various reasons. Um, oh, but um, yeah, I think when I it was about a week beforehand, and I was like, so how many tickets have we sold? And my publisher was like, uh, about twelve, and I was like, great. Um, thinking out of those twelve, maybe like six will actually turn up. Um, I did tell some friends to come and don't worry about the tickets. So it was kind of like, were they really going to come, you know, because I didn't make anyone pay. Yeah, um, right. Some people paid, not everyone. Um, and then, yeah, then at the end of the uh, kind of last minute, they ended up, ended up selling like 28 tickets. And people Fantastic. from random people from out of town who were in London for the day saw the event Look and that. wanted to come and see Ben, the, the deductionist, and um, meet myself. And um that's awesome, man. So I think that plus the people who just came because I invited them, I think we had about 35, 40 people there. That was awesome. Um, which that was, was um, one of the bigger events that we had. It's just a shame we can't have any more there. But hey, I was happy to go out on a bang because I was I was there for the very first event we had at the hotel, which kid you not had about five people. Um, oh, man. And <laughs> the author was great. Like His name is David Markham. He's got some pretty good books. Um, I felt really bad because he, he came from the States and he was over here. Um, and mm-hmm. then the turnout was so, was so small, but we all had a really good, really good time. Um, so it was just, it oh, was, good, it was nice to see how our events went from kind of very small to really big to, well, now unfortunately they're non-existent, but it was good to go out on a bang. Nice. Definitely. Nice. That is cool. Mm. That is, that is some nice news to hear. Mm. And, uh, speaking of which, how long ago have we had you on our podcast anyway? Dude, I can't remember. I can check. I can was check it really it. May? When we were talk- just talking about it Avengers, might have, it might have been the Avengers. I think so. I will like, give you the exact date. Oh yeah, Jake's gonna the check exact the exact date. Oh, I want the exact time. What an amazing man you are, Jacob, with your magic. Your it's gonna be a sad. It's gonna be a Saturday or a Sunday. It's gonna be in the evening. Oof, that's a good question. Well, today actually. is Sunday, May fifteenth, twenty fifteen. That is a Friday. Oh, it's a Friday. It's a Friday. One off, one off. Cool. Oh yeah. well, but. Back then, uh, we talked about the Avengers 2 Age of Ultron. Yes. And, wait, I'm sorry. Avengers Age of Ultron. And we also talked about a story that me and Luke developed. Well, we didn't really develop. We were in the process of developing it because we never really finished developing it. Because, yeah, yeah. hey, these things happen, you know? I mean, Luke Totes. would know all about developing a story and not being able to finish it because mm. you wrote so many. Yeah. Right? True. So, um... <laughs> What we're here to talk about today is the same sort of thing. Hey, remember what we talked about this whole t- like back in 2014? I was like, oh, we gotta do a pirates one. We gotta do a pirates one. Guess Long what? Long time ago. Today is the day. Woohoo! I today be the day. Will we the talk? Day of the a- Too bad it wasn't talk like a pirate day, but uh, yeah, well, hey, you cares? can't organize these things. You just gotta go with feeling. So thank you, Luke, for taking some time off, and uh, as we go through presenting what could have been a cool uh, movie. And what could, in my humble opinion, uh, could have 
done a good job for the the franchise. I'm, I'm not going to be so humble. Like I'm going to say it would have put Pirates back on track in a much better way than what Disney have done with the original Pirates Four. Oh, I'm not going to be as humble because I'm quite confident in our in our storytelling ability. Fantastic. Well, that's cool because we want to talk about a little bit of this, and I want to talk about. Some other some inspirations that I had with this, and how this sort of was the first one that I had someone to collaborate with, and we, you know, because we thought it was really fun. This came before X Men. In my well, I started doing it before X Men. I like to talk about that a bit before we get to the story and all that kind of stuff. But for now, let's just start at the beginning, where me and Jacob watched Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl just yesterday. Yep, Did you? That's true. Oh, yeah, we did. Should've got in on it's this first time. Um, yeah, well, you know, I, we didn't know if you probably watched it already, or you know, we don't know how long ago you've been seeing these movies. But you know, we decided to watch the first one because it's been uh, since two thousand nine. Actually, we had a marathon in two thousand nine to mm-hmm, watch all the mm-hmm. pirates movies because our f- mutual friend Sam Tompkins suggested it, and he didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one that I came to? I, I went to a. We, I, I was there at your house, wasn't I? No, I think you were all in a jolly old England by then. <laughs> yeah, you were. In yeah, jolly, jolly old, old England. England. Did, no, we did do one though. We did one. You did one in two thousand eight because I, I was definitely there for one. Definitely. Oh, then we did two. You must have done. There was only oh, one reason to do that. Just we did two. Maybe we just did watch the first one or something like that, or maybe just the second. And maybe third. Yeah. it wasn't like a true marathon. Right. I don't remember doing another yeah, marathon for that. But, you know, in 2009, oh, well. we did, in fact, watch all three films. Back then, there were only three. And I wanted to present our story to the people who came over. But uh, everybody kind of lost interest and we were kind of tired. Because, as you know, the third and second films do kind of drain you a bit. Yes. <laughs> they really do. Um, but we're not here to talk about those. We're just... I'm. What am I doing? I'm just talking like a like a narrator. Like um, like we're, <laughs> we're not here to talk about, about those. No, I just wanted to say that. Uh, I just wanted to say, what did you think of Pirates of the Caribbean one after seeing it for so long? Now, in my opinion, I've I have a completely different outlook on this yeah. film as than I that because I haven't seen this movie in such a long time. And when we did, I have to say, I watched it. You know, not really paying attention to the plot. And yeah. this time. I really decided to shut up and just watch the movie once again. Yeah. Listen to the story. I and think the I also paid attention more to uh, the various elements that make up the film, like the music and the pacing and the character yeah. development and that, those kinds of yeah. mostly technical things. Yeah, and uh, that constitute the film because usually, like you said earlier, we used to watch it very much just kind of like, "Hey, it's pirates, pirates!" You know, yeah, you watch it, it's like there is there, there, there's, oh, there's Jack Sparrow walking around, there's and that kind of thing. So. Yeah, what'd you, what'd you think watching it after watching it again? Um, so many years. I don't want to, I don't want to put any kind of blame. And these are not my words, and I don't think this is true. But I understand what Mark Kermode said when he said Gore Verbinski can't direct traffic. <laughs> what what does that, that mean? A, Go on. What? What does that mean? Well, that was a little bit of a jab at Gore Verbinski, which I don't uh, support. But uh, I do, I do see what Kermode meant because the movie In did the feel film, right? like it did like it lacked a kind of a directorial punch, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like stuff that was supposed to be emphasized weren't emphasized that well. Uh there's plot elements that weren't brought into the forefront that would have been easier to understand and I have to say this is I still think the movie's good. I liked watching it. It's an enjoyable film. Mm-hmm. 
But I do think that uh, the first half goes really slowly. It does. That's and before I just thought, oh, it's a good movie, and I didn't really think of right, anything right. else. Um, but and I will say that most of the characters and the uh, the interactions with every character sounds two of them were very 90s uh, because this movie started in the 90s and mm, you know the screenwriters yeah. a bunch of different ones were taking a jab at it left and right and then eventually uh as time went on they kept revising it and at the end Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio took the script and then put the undead pirates and so and so forth in there so will will turner and elizabeth swan and Norrington and what other characters are there? You know, all those kinds of, you know, characters. They all felt like they were sort of, you know, 90s, your average 90s adventure characters. Right. But here's what saved it. And as we all know, what saved it was Johnny Depp's performance as Jack Sparrow and his look and the way that he moved. Bringing in a new kind of yeah, character. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, something different. And this is... Un- and. People don't really talk about him too much, but Jeffrey Rush, when I watched this movie, it was like, this is the perfect foil to Jack Sparrow. And these two guys, Mm. their interactions and the way they talk to each other and the way each of them created these two characters really bumped up the movie to what I think was the success that it might have been. Yeah, I'm on the same page. And it's interesting because that aspect of it, which was a little bit difficult to tell was who exactly the main characters were because it lacked some of that focus in moving the story forward. Yeah. Uh, but arguably, I'd say that those are the main characters, actually. It's Jack Sparrow and Barbosa. Those mm, are the yeah. top men of the story where top you men. try to figure out what their histories were and yeah, where they cool. clash and and what's happening with them. Whereas, let's say, Will Turner... I'm Will you know, Turner! In my mind, I remember him being a more of a fleshed-out character, but then when you watch the film, you realize that, you know, indeed, he kind of is a... <laughs> slightly one-dimensional but you know, yeah i'm not trying to say anything really too negative about the film but it is a difference i noticed after watching it yeah after so many what years what do you think luke i don't know if i'm saying it's because i'm listening to you guys talk but i i think i always thought that jack and barbosa were the main the whole drive of the story was jack and barbosa was jack wanting the ship back barbosa wanting the uh or the treasure or whatever um yeah because that's what they're after, isn't it? It's been a while. It's the treasure, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. after the well. Jack has different motives. He wants yeah. the black pearl. Yeah, Barbosa but Barbosa wants, wants the treasure. The yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yes, they want the. Well, they well want the, the the thing was, one of the screenwriters said that the biggest he thought that the coolest part of this story was that it's pirates trying to bring back treasure and collect treasure to put it back instead of oh, stealing. Right, yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, and we took it all. So yeah, so I no, I think I think those two were always, and I always kind of viewed the. Will Turner, Elizabeth Swan, Malarkey as a as a subplot um, in yeah. this kind of grand pirate scheme. I, it was to me, it's always been a film about pirates versus pirates, not pirates versus a government body. Even though you have the um, you have the uh, what, what what are they called? Um, uh, the, the East the India East Trading. In, yeah, you saw the East India Trading Company in there to oppose the pirates. But at the end of the day, it's 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 jack versus barbosa and then you have these other elements that are coming in and, and, and are intercepting and yeah, and that, that's, 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 prob- that's probably why they they probably felt like it like that with the film in terms of who do you focus on because each person feels like they could easily be leading the story so you could easily have norrington as the protagonist trying to chase down these pirates you could easily have barbosa or you could easily have jack or will you know there's all these different yeah, yeah, angles yeah. that could be the lead but i think ultimately you're following the pirates 
Um, and I do think the first half is, I think the intro is great. I think Jack's intro is great, but I think there is a lot of lagging oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at, at that beginning bit. Um, and it's not really until... They get to the cave. Uh, yeah. yeah. Once they finally get to the cave, then then things finally start kind of kicking off. And I really thought, really honestly, I was thinking this movie could have been an hour and a half shorter. Yes. <laughs> an hour and a half shorter. It's two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. I think it could have been two. Yeah. I, don't know, I didn't feel length as a problematic really. I just felt like it, I thought, because, you know, in my mind it was, this is, this is the best Pirates movie. No. And everybody knows it's the best Pirate movie. Yeah. And it's like, this is what made the whole thing successful and work. And I was wondering what was making it work. And I was just thinking of other people's opinions, like Mark Kermode's opinions mm-hmm. on Mark Kermode, the uh, BBC Five, five Live, live uh, reviewer of movies, film critic. Um, and, you know, he doesn't like any of the movies. So I'm trying to think of that. And I was trying to think of what, what, why I thought this was so good. And that's why my conclusion when I was watching it, I really felt that it just, it was an okay movie, but these two guys, these two actors made it work. And so did the, to an extent, the uh, fantasy aspect with the yeah. cursed pirates. Yeah. It did feel a little bit this time watching it, and I don't know how to even describe this, but there was a kind of a, a sense of, like you mentioned, flavor that wasn't too distinct to the film that kind of a little bit made it feel not as exciting as it could have been yeah. in a way. Yeah. So that's one thing I noticed watching it this time is that it felt, like you said, a little bit lower key kind of going along yeah. it wasn't as it, it wasn't, could have been it wasn't, it wasn't much oomph yeah. especially near the beginning which yeah this movie could have used a little extra injection of some Artistry. power to Artistry. get going you know just yeah. beef it yeah. up and just have All right, not guys. the sacrifice of character or anything about so, it but just to help it yeah. be more, so more as exciting you can, yeah you're right sorry at the beginning there was the great ride that Walt Disney um, actually it was um, uh how about there was oh, a man, ride once? <laughs> okay, fine. There was a ride once. Go to Wikipedia if exists. you really want to know who invented the ride, but it was at Disneyland or Disney World. All right. And <laughs> it was pretty cool. I have never ridden the ride, but I've seen lots of videos about it. And I've never ridden the, the ride scenes. either, but I've watched the ride through on the Pirates of the Caribbean DVD extras. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the one but that's the one with the additions, which I really dislike. No, this is no they had the original in there. All right, but you know what I mean. Like when they go and re like add stuff to the rides, that's kind of unfair because you want to see the ride that inspired yeah. all the new stuff. Yeah, no, on my on my DVD they had the original ride, not the one where they included Jack and all that kind of stuff. Oh right, yeah. They had like a walkthrough of the original, um, which was kind of which was kind of fun to see. Yeah, a ride through, ride through. Okay, I'm just kidding. And it was a good ride, and it had its own spooky flavor to it. And uh, it really, uh, I think the intention of it was to show what it was like to be in the Caribbean when, it, when the pirates were around in the 1600s. And uh, how you go down into this waterfall, and then you go inside the tunnels, and it's like going back in time, and you can see all the pirates doing all kinds of shenanigans. And it just had that great... Uh, 60s Disney flavor to it, which was so nice to see. And I think that, <laughs> that I know that great, Mark that Davis great kind of this is Disney's interpretation of history kind of vibe. Well, it was, wasn't <laughs> it? That's exactly what it is. Um, it and there's so many great quotes in there too, and 
Yeah, it's true. What I and and there's a lot of influence by Mark Davis, who worked on lots of the rides back then. He was one of the nine old men, and you know, uh, animators, supervising designers, and so right. on and so forth for the Walt Disney okay. Studios. And just you, you can't say anything, but there there is there's cursed treasure. There's um, pirate fights. There's drunken pirates, and we want the redhead. And uh, there's a skull that talks, which was great. And then the movie came out, which was uh, we talked about just now. It was like a, it was going to be quite disastrous because of Cutthroat Island. Hey, Luke, have you seen that? Um, Cutthroat Island? No, no, I know, I know about it, but I've never taken the time to. Better you don't. Better you don't. Yeah. Better you don't, sir. It's it's not so great. Not so great. And then the 2003 movie came out, which was interesting because no one knew if it was going to be a success or not. True. Hey. I do but remember, it was. I do remember when it came out, and I, I never saw it in theaters. Um, I don't know what it was. It me either. It didn't appeal to me to go to the theater to see it. Um, it was when someone else, I think my mom bought the DVD because I was a kid at the time when it came out. Um and and made made us sit down as a as a family and watch some old pirate stuff. Um, yeah. So that was the very first time I watched it, and I was like, actually, it's quite fun. I didn't expect it yeah. to be. I didn't expect it to be fun because at the time I wasn't a fan of pirates. It's kind of like cowboys. I didn't. Right. I didn't think cowboys were fun again until I saw Django Unchained, and I thought, oh, actually, you can do fun things with cowboys and and stuff. <laughs> um, and it was the same with pirates. I didn't really care about pirates until this film came out because again, mainly because of what I saw Johnny Depp and Jeffrey Rush doing because they were just awesome. They did a quite a postmodern interpretation, a mild one, but still postmodern enough for people to, you know, sort of get it. Hey, look, I see Johnny Depp on your Facebook feed right over there. Realistically, anyone else could have been cast in those parts and the film could have just been a one-off film and not done very well. Um, because it really, it, it really is what what those guys brought to the role. Because you are so invested in in watching Jack and watching Jeffrey Rush, um, and how they're handling the characters. That's what makes you go back for it. Well, yeah. But then if it was like, let's say, if it was like, I don't know, Generic Man, Generic Man One and Two, you'd be like, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, it's a pretty long winded pirate film. It's okay. Couple, yeah, exactly. Couple funny lines, but you know, whatever. So I think they're really fortunate with casting because I'm. I mean, let's say you had Orlando Bloom as as Jack Sparrow. I mean, it would have got <laughs> it would for it would have got money because he was in Lord of the Rings and everyone loved Lord of the Rings and whatever. But it would have been like, uh, you know, whatever. Because he's yeah, been really lo- felt- he's been in other films and no one's cared about. Well, they've all been in other films and no one's given a crap about about those films. That's right. That's right. And it really felt like uh, you had two pieces of like sort of artistic craftsmanship put into the movie, which really helped it and made people react to it i mean and i and i mean that in an above the you know there's above the line beyond, below the line uh for filmmaking and above the line is directing acting stuff that affects the film on an emotional level i would argue you know because there's screenwriters and stuff those are all above the line and below the line are people who are contracted to to do all the stuff that is required technically and artistically mm-hmm. like you know like art design and you know production design and stuff like yeah. that and i'm gonna say that you know most of that stuff is always great craftsmanship like you know all the sets and all the mm. and the lighting and the cinematography and all that stuff but i was just going to say that jeffrey rush and johnny Depp they brought that sort of flair in there which was artistic so that's that movie and then we you know like remember when we watched it jakey no 
No, no. <laughs> we rented it at the. We rented it in the video at the store Anderson Library. No, 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 no. This was 2003, so we were in in Europe, and oh, okay. we were all about Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. So oh, Pirates of the Caribbean was just like a store. like an in between thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I'm. Yeah, we rented back it at a DVD store, and we watched it on the projector, and we were like, "Oh, that's fun movie." Yeah, I don't remember actually watching though the film. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that okay. though. Yeah, and that's about it. And uh, you know, weren't too crazy about it. Uh, and off it goes. Off it goes. On into the horizon. Off it goes until. Back in the States. Yeah. 2005. Well, five was when they started shooting the second one. There's a great pre production okay, well, documentary we on the too much in detail second one. Stuff, but yeah, you want to just, we have to go through the sequels because just, they're important to our sequel. We have to just cover what happened. So, this 2006, the second movie came out. Yeah. Uh, direct sequel to the first one. Yes. Direct uh, in terms of timeline, it uh-huh. immediately takes off, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And rem- I remember one. when I remember seeing the trailer for the second one. I was like, oh, first they have skeleton pirates, and now they have tentacles pirate. Oh, they don't, they, you know. They don't care. No, it, it feels like they ran out of ideas already. Oh. I just saw tentacle pirate, and then I saw the rolling uh, knochenkugel. What am I talking about? The bone ball. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that, Luke? Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is like, they, they don't know. They don't have any ideas. By the way, I just wanted to say before that, they were shooting the movie, and there's these great making ofs on the Disney DVD on the special edition, which was, or Blu-ray, and I just wanted to mention that because it's actually pretty good because it tells you a few things, which is unlike for you know, unlikely for Disney DVDs mm, that's for true. little children. Anyway, go Inside on. Inside. So I thought, oh, they're running out of ideas. Yeah, and, and then, then we watched it in 2006 with our friend Hervoya. Oh yeah, in the summer, right? We went. I was no, I was there. Yeah. In the summer. I was in the cinema. I think. Yeah. I saw. No, 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 one. no, not for the second. It was the third one? Never mind. Ignore me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll get to the third one though. We'll get to the third one, and we went to watch the second one. And I didn't have any, uh, uh, really, any clue what I'm gonna be seeing. It's just like you know, it's a sequel to the Pirates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jack going. <laughs> but I did. This is. I'm sorry. I spoiled myself, and I I soiled myself. No, I spoiled <laughs> myself, <laughs> and I did. Read that Barbosa's back. Oh, where'd you read Barbosa's that, Philip? Oh, really? I don't know, a Wikipedia or something. And I'll have to tell you, that's important because the entire film, every time someone showed up, like over the shoulder shot or something mysterious in the background, it's Barbosa here. Is he coming? Barbosa. So I was, I was always, uh, so as you can imagine, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, well, but we it said doesn't that really matter. back before. Um, yeah, he so just appears kept, at the very end. You kept expecting Barbosa yeah. to come up any time during the film. Yeah. And lo and behold, he comes right at the end. <laughs> yeah. Where you least expected After him. After two hours and 40 minutes. With his, with his, told with me. his apple. Yeah, with his apple. Watch I can't remember if you told me or not about that. I don't think you did, though. Nah, I probably didn't. I didn't, ex- anyway. I didn't expect Barbosa to come back. I think I didn't either, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't, at that point in time, I didn't, I wasn't that invested, so I didn't, I wasn't looking stuff up or anything like that. I just went in quite really blind not knowing what to right yeah what in the world was going on so just went to went to enjoy i think it. so i think so but there was definitely during that time well more so it felt like for the third one there was kind of a hype hype there well was, the hype was, was for hype. the second one the second yeah. one exploded i don't know how that happened because i, well, didn't I think really. between, there was a big between the first on. between the first and the second one not only did you get the you know the, the huge popularity of of what johnny depp did um, you know, it, it just it just started oh, to explode. Right, okay. So by the time the the second one was coming out and they made so much money, you could easily run off that hype, and that's what that's what the film did easily. Um, yeah, and I th- yeah, I think it had other revived films. Disney's live action films. 
A little bit, yeah. It uh, seems to, okay. to have propped them up into like, you know, whereas historically maybe we'd have associated in the recent, uh, before Pirates of the Caribbean, recent history yeah. before Pirates, we might have associated Disney flicks for like the Disney Channel movies yeah, and stuff like, like that. Yeah, like Lizzie McGuire movie exactly. or like Holes with yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. And so maybe Pirates kind of brought it up to like, look, we can do some more serious stuff that's yeah, yeah, yeah. fun for everyone and, and, it's, and cool. it's also cool. Yeah. yeah. What I didn't expect though was I did not expect it to be a two-parter. Did you do not? I, I had no idea it was going to be two parts. Uh, well, that kind of sucks for you, watching it for two and a half hours, and then, what? And what then the finish? So I kind of felt like, oh, okay, they're taking a, they're taking a page from the Matrix book and, and trying to do this direct sequel. Or if you, you know, can go back, true. you can go to Back to the Future. You know? Uh, yeah, but that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But in more recent history, it's... Yeah. Taking cues of the Matrix. Well, Back to the Future was never meant to be a sequel. That was just a, a tagline at the end of the first film just for fun. And then yeah. they eventually made a sequel. Oh, no, I know that. But I meant like Back to the Future because they did one and two, or two and three at the same time. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I, see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, it was, you know, I didn't really expect that. And then it was all right. I thought overall, I thought the second film had a lot of fun elements. Um, and I enjoyed it way more than I enjoyed the third film. Um, the second one felt to me, I remember when I was watching, it did feel like it was very much amped up compared to the first one. It really felt like they cranked the dial. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember being completely lost. <laughs> uh, I was completely... I was so I was, lost. I was, I was really lost. One of the few films where I just completely didn't have a clue. Yeah, I mean, we could have a whole podcast I know, about but I'm just saying, like, perception-wise. Th- there's quite then. a few... Yeah, there's quite a few... Air, like, you know... I mean, the, ba- we're the not basics... Gonna, we're not going to go into that now. No, we're not going to go into it. The I'm basic what, story, what was back then for me. The, the ba- yeah, the basic What'd story is that... Jack has a black spot. He's trying to get rid of it and and solve a debt with Davy Jones. While at the same time, um, Will and Elizabeth are uh, potentially going to go go to prison or or be hanged for their involvement with Jack in the first film. Um, so they're all trying to settle their own. They all have different scores that they want to settle, and that's what makes it really convoluted. Um, and everyone's yeah. everyone's changing sides every five seconds. Um, and it kind of got you, you know you kind of felt like in some some respects it was a bit it felt like the characters were being cheap because you know you would see Jack turn on so and so you'd see Will turn on so and so Elizabeth turn on and you're kind of like you're supposed to get married and now you're turning on each other and and the whole kind of you know the big upset was yep. the big kiss at the end and and you know instead of Will just being like um excuse me bitch you just kissed someone else <laughs> like you know he just kind of sits there and and, and grumbles and and like a crybaby like a little baby exactly and you're like okay whatever um oh yes. and, yeah, 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 yeah. and then and then finally Jack gets eaten by the kraken um which has been chasing him down for the for the entire film sent by by old tentacle face yeah. Davy Jones yeah I mean, I was really confused. I was confused, like the approach they were taking, and I was confused. At I remember when Jacob, you were sitting there with me in the cinema, mm. and when they were when they were running around with that chest in the last act and yeah. running away, and Elizabeth was there. Jacob was in with me in the cinema, and he turned to me and he went, "When is this movie going to end?" Yeah, <laughs> it's it, true. It, it got really you can long. Really feel that. The yeah. they could have cut again. That's another film that could have been cut down. The um, oh yeah. man, that's the, the bit, definitely could have been cut down. The Cannibal Island bit could have been chopped out of the film entirely. Um, or the Cannibal Island thing I've, should have been at the beginning to introduce Jack Sparrow because the biggest problem that I had was that when it started, they went directly to the plot. There was no introducing the characters again. Here's Jack. Remember him? Let's him, let's see him. Let's see him do something stupid. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. They just went boom. We're going to make this, uh, you know, this uh, this uh, key. Yeah, we're gonna make a key. Are we gonna make a key, Jack? Yeah, we're gonna make a key. <laughs> well, I think th- I think really the most confusion came from 
for me was the character motivations because yeah. you didn't understand fully what everyone's trying to do. And I personally remember when I was watching, I was confused at how everyone took a totally different 180 turn to their character style in the second yeah. one. Whereas the first one, I clearly knew what Will wanted. I clearly knew what Jack was going for. I understood his character. In the second one, suddenly they became just these kind of extrapolated characters where, you know, Will suddenly was this Mr. Grumpy, angry man. Elizabeth's going off doing crazy things. <laughs> Jack was doing his spiel the entire time. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I felt I remember the yeah. second one. Yeah. And that's yeah. basically, for me, that sums up the whole like, but this, thing. But the effects were amazing. Oh, Davy Jones was yeah. just... I, I still I think still, he's amazing. I still think, to this day, at the moment so far, I think Davy Jones is still one of the best CGI characters I've ever seen. Oh, um, absolutely. I mean, he's I, a good character, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, too. I, I look at other films that have come out in recent years after that, and I still don't always buy CG characters or CG effects with things. Um, I mean, for example, this is really cheesy, but because um, we're talking about Bond earlier, it's in my head. The bit in Skyfall, spoiler alert, by the way, people, um, if you when they when they blow up um, MI6, um, I, you can you can tell that Spectre. it's you, yeah, in no, no, in, in Skyfall. Um, oh, okay. they blew up MS6 in, Spe- they in do? Skyfall. Oh, they, they blew it up there too. Okay. Yeah, they blew up M's office in in, in Skyfall. When she's right. on the when she's on the bridge and she looks out and she sees that her office yeah. blow up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. That. I could you you could you could. And she's just, like, I missed the Cold War. Yeah, <laughs> you could you could see the the kind of superimposed fire in that explosion to where like it, you know uh, you know I've just seen so many things in really good films that should have better graphics yeah yeah um but that film for for when it was yeah I think it's I think you know is awesome I think it's awesome we do feel death well you know I chalk that up to maybe Gore Verbinski being a compositing person maybe. before starting to do directing right. I think so I think that's safe yeah. to say pretty cool and uh yeah, so that's the movie's kind of long and stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was pretty much the movie, really long. And then and the third one came out. out. We had a yeah. party when we watched so the third the one. Third yeah, the third one was fun. all over the place. Again, it, it continues with that whole, like, whose who's motivation are we following? Well, this is multiplied by three. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, suddenly you're in Singapore, then you're in... Well, I think the second one was close as possible as they could have gotten to jumping the shark, and the third one was officially was officially the moment where you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. you know that they were scrambling to try to figure out a plot, and I think they overdid it. Yeah, yeah. well, the, you oh, can man. tell that they were. The you can definitely the tell that there was no solid story in place when they were filming. When they were filming, because it just goes all over the place. Because but, of the, but when the second one, the second one starts, you have, you know, suddenly. Davy Jones is being manipulated by the East India Trading Company and, you know, Norrington is a jackass again and Will and Elizabeth are in Singapore trying to... I don't know what the heck they're trying to do there, but suddenly they're in Sing- Singapore. <laughs> Singapore, which, to. by the way, I should argue that they had to cross uh, a the whole Pacific sea, Ocean, right? then go through a non-existent channel, which didn't exist yet, so they... Canal, channel, canal, right? Channel. Oh, yeah, sorry, Canal, yeah. Yeah, which didn't exist yet, so they had to go all the way down, all the way through South America, all the way down, and then but up But it doesn't matter, because Pacific Elizabeth Ocean. carries 10,000 guns in her clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, oh, man. Half that's a, a year. That's the time with those moments, like those kinds of gags. Half a year like, to Singapore, guys. I don't think that would have... If that had happened in the first film, I think we would have been like, oh, come on. But then the third one's like, look, close to everything. 
Yeah. It's oh, funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's silly. Okay, let's just continue. Oh, and again, yeah, you got to realize, and think about all the amount of time it would have taken them from, to get to, from there to Singapore and the fact that Will and Elizabeth still haven't spoken. Yeah, it's stupid. It's dumb. You know, the whole thing is crazy. Yeah. and but the, it's, it's, There's no it's, point it's in going It's wild. wild. It's the, the plot of that one is so simplistic because it's literally just about, it's a little bit continuing on with that whole, like, wanting to stab Davy, jo- Davy Jones's heart to, you know, kill off Jack's debt and, and be rid of all that. Um, and then the other bit is just Will wanting to rescue his dad, and that's that's essentially yeah. it. There's, there's I think there's we can leave it. Else. We can leave it at the uh, Ninja Review that we watched oh, many yes, the, years the ago. Ninja. The Ninja Review said it, you know, with eloquency. Everyone has a plot line. <laughs> Everyone has a plot line, and none of the plot lines get finished. So I think that's pretty <laughs> much the the review there. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. But, anyway, what, what, but what happens battle. at the end? Obviously, what happens at the end? Suddenly, you have a cool character, Calypso. Who suddenly becomes useless and third by becomes Harris. becomes giant and turns into a bunch of crabs, um, which was stupid, confusing, and confusing. And then suddenly, um, after that, you have uh, you know Will, who's been he's on the verge of death, um, who then gets saved by Jack to man the flying dutchman because apparently jack wanted the flying dutchman but i don't remember flying that. dutchman i don't remember that plot from the second film um but <laughs> no 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 don't worry about it don't worry about it <laughs> but then uh and then 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 there we go at the end we you know jack you know jack loses the pearl again but he's got the map that apparently leads to the fountain of youth barbosa has the pearl um will is has to go underground for 10 years but he did manage to knock up elizabeth on this first go and um, uh, crazy, and th- there we go. Um, so it just for me, yeah. And Jack is back on square zero with uh, with his first mate Gibbs, and they're yes, just you know, whatever. Yes, so for me, I mean, the end of that film, I was like, okay, yeah, there was a lot of fun action, there was some cool things like that in there. Um, plot was ridiculous, um, and it left the characters in a worse state than when we first met them. Um, <laughs> I didn't think about that. that's a good point. I hated the fact that, you know, Jack and Gibbs were just kind of kind of pissed on, really, at the end. It's like, well, I like Jack having the pearl. He worked so hard for the pearl, and I think it was... Oh, man, is this the first movie? I didn't even think of that. I think it was cheap for him to be, you know, in a dinghy at the end. Um, it just didn't make any sense. And then, obviously... But, then but the, it kind of capped off, don't you think, like, the visual similarity to the first movie, where he had a dinghy in the first movie when he just appears, and then, you know, he has a dinghy in the last one. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it, but I hate it. I know, I, I hate it too. I, it would be better if he was just like, well, you can have a pearl, I'll have a dinghy. You know, I, I, it was... That um, would have justified it. I think Barbosa being in a dinghy would have been a better gag. Oh, there you go. With, See, his, Luke, with, you know with the monkey, that right. would have been a much better gag. That would have been a better gag. You know, and 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 maybe, you know, I, I don't know. But um, yeah, but yeah so it was, for me, I was left incredibly unsatisfied thinking, okay, you took a really fun franchise. First film was fun. Second film was... Okay. Yeah. Third film was a train wreck. How do you how do you fix that? <laughs> right. How okay, the heck that's do you a, fix that's a that? good that's a good that's a good segue, Luke, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about my feelings when I was mm. watching the movie and what the inspiration was when I started doing this. Yes. But first I Let's just wanted it. to say that the music got better every movie. Yes. Until the fourth one, which we're not even gonna talk about. I wouldn't like to mm-hmm. We do not we do not speak of such things. Um, okay, so 
like I said, uh, second movie came out. For some reason, it got really popular. Everybody loved it. And for some reason, you know, Disney, it caters to the middle class of American population, Mm -hmm. families. And, uh, you know, you can always feel that vibe. And I I like it. It's a very comforting vibe that they sort of... uh, are ingrained in, you know, you go to every family and they always have Disney movies and VHSs and stuff like that. Yeah. And so my, you know, my family is no different when I talk about my cousin, Susanna, who Hi, was... Hi, Susanna. Yay! Hello! And this is a big inspiration because, you know, she's of this sort of family that is sort of middle class in the suburbs and of course they love Disney films and they love watching them together and and her friends so for some reason these little they were preteens at the time they just loved Orlando Bloom and they loved the Johnny Depp and then they liked watching oh they were turning into teenagers anyway right yeah and they were watching pirates and they loved it. I didn't understand it. You know, we talked about it just now. We didn't the, we didn't fully embrace it. Because like it felt in like that sense. Because like like Luke said, a movie with pirates and uh fantasy elements, mm-hmm. you can and now you have these two good characters, you can go so many places, so much potential. I think one of the reasons why why the movie was so successful because it has that had that hook of Johnny Depp who was so like different that everyone lashed on and just loved that aspect of it that I think that it became synonymous with like the Johnny Depp movie or the Jack Sparrow film yeah Yeah. the Jack Sparrow movie that kind of thing I think played its part it's one of the one of the last uh, or maybe not the last uh, examples of you know you're watching a movie for a star like Mm. in the like in the old days Mm, that's a good point actually old days of the 1950s you got Chris Pratt now man I'm just kidding yeah yeah Okay, so therefore Susanna and her uncle, which is our her uncle, her, her dad, uncle, her which dad. is our uncle, you know, yeah. and he, Pepo, he's a computer guy, and as you can tell, they're you know there's nothing creative like when you're talking about filmmaking or something. They're just consumers. They love watching these things, and Disney films and stuff like that. So they have a basement. We always went to their place and watched movies. Like I used to yeah. watch Winnie the Pooh in, in in the '90s when she was a little toddler. Totally. Little, Stuff like and, that. And the last princess, little princess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, what happened for the the third film uh, was when we were going to the cinema. Remember, you were there. Yeah. Our friend TJ was there. Everybody was we there. Were it was all like there. a community gathering. And Luke was there. I, I think. was. Yeah, so tell us, Luke, were you there? I'm yeah, yeah, I was. I was. I can't remember who I was with. I think I was with. Um, shoot, who was it? Um, I think like Kim and Kim, yeah, Carly and, and people like that. We were, we were all there. And then I remember, because I remember you walking in, Phil, and everything, oh, there's Phil. Um, and then you, because you guys were a few rows down from us, I think, if I Jacob was right. making jokes. It was oh, nearly 10 years ago, guys. So, geez. Yo, man. That's insane. I know. We're so That's old crazy. now. Guys, I'm 28. No, what the heck? I'm 22. When did okay, that happen? Oh, oh, happened. 10 years ago, almost. <laughs> so go yeah. ahead. Um, so yeah, no, me... I'm, yeah, carry on, Phil. I remember seeing you guys. And it was good. Yeah, and I found our uncle and Susu. You found an uncle? Well. We thought we went together. Yeah, and Susu. I sat next to my uncle when we were watching the movie. Yeah. And uh, we're not going to talk about what they thought about you made that sound sound like you found an uncle in the cinema. Oh, I found a new uncle. Uncle Barbosa. I'm a lad. I sound like I sound like Mr. Krabs. I mean, SpongeBob. Ar ar ar. And so, um, I knew that they really liked this sort of thing, and I always wondered. So this is the first thing that got me thinking: um, what movie can I put them in so they can be have extra roles? You know what I mean? They could be an extra in said movie. Mm-hmm. Peppa and thought, Susu. Yeah, how cool would it be if Peppa and Susu could just visit the set? 
that I would be making and they could just put some costumes on and just be in the background somewhere and have an extra sort of appearance. Right. And I thought that would be so amazing to have them, or Susu at least, who just loves this stuff, uh, to be in that sort of environment. Yeah. Then we watched Pirates 3, and for some reason that thing really hit me at the end because it was like, the door is open. There's, they're not making any more Pirates movies. Because they said it was going to be over. And so I thought, wow. And then I just was thinking, and I was just, and when we went out of the cinema, I started walking like Barbosa and pretending I was, you know, like that's what you sometimes do when you get like, get inspired or something like that. At least for me, after every time you watch a movie in a cinema and you remember some characters, you start, you know, like I did the limp and all that kind of stuff after the <laughs> cinema. It, in the lobby and all that. It's like, all right, we're going to be going that way. And then we had to go for the summer to Croatia. And I got me the At World's End soundtrack. And while we were in the car, we were going to the island of Vir in Croatia. And I was looking at all this wonderful, beautiful, you know, landscapes and seascapes. Totally. When we went there, we got to the sea. Hmm. And listening to the music, the... Dun, 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 dun. Then I was just writing down notes of, okay, what can we do? This is going to be amazing if we could just have a new story, a good story, that we could bring back Jack Sparrow as a as an actual character instead of a, you know, instead of, might, 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 might. And we could we could do something with him because now it's all open, right? And so yes. I started putting in, what, did, what didn't they put in? Well, Blackbeard, cool. And then, this and that and all that kind of all that other stuff just got you know I just got inspired with the music and all that kind of stuff and then I started thinking about how we could make Pirates of the Caribbean 4 mm. and let's see how we can let's, let's, let's see what where the story can take us yeah but I, so, should, I should interject as well because oddly enough while you were doing that on your own time before we even started talking I had the exact right. same thought right. I had the exact same thought. I left the film thinking, because at that time, you know, we had Spider-Man 3 that had come out and that was terrible. We had Pirates 2 and 3 and that was a bit of a train wreck by the end. So I kept thinking, you know, surely it can't be that hard to come up with a good story. So I remember trying a Spider-Man story and stopping. Um, and then I did the same thing with Pirates as well. I, I started a Pirates 4 story um, oh. that, that oddly enough, again, featured you know? Blackbeard. I was like, oh, throw Blackbeard in there. And, well, and of course we throw Blackbeard in there. That's like... It's <laughs> it sounded quite generic, but I thought, let's, you know, it could be fun because they opened up, they opened up all this interesting pirate lore with the whole pirate uh, kind of whatever they had, their little pirate gathering at the, at the pirate island. Yeah, um, and... And, and the whole kind of pieces of eight. And, and that was all little fun stuff that that's what made a terrible film interesting to watch because they had all these little tiny things that you're like, oh, I like that. That's a lot of fun. You're messing it up terribly, but I really like the ideas here. Um, and yeah, so I, I cannot remember for the life of me what my original idea was because um, that was about nine computers ago. Um, and <laughs> Nine um, computers ago, nice. <laughs> and I, that has been long, 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 long lost. Oh, uh, that's okay. Because, yeah, that's that's interesting. So my motivation was pretty much just, let's have my cousin and her uncle be in, her uncle again, I said that again, mm. her dad, be in um, a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. So we're, let's try to make a story that will be worthwhile so I can have them 
visit and put on some clothing. And that's so that's pretty I can much hang the out main with Johnny reason. Depp. So she can hang out with Johnny Depp. There we go. You see, I thought that was so cool. I thought that's such a good idea. So we we went and thought of the story. So in 2008, I was thinking even harder about it. And guess what? While I was thinking of making a story, I uh, actually talked to Carly, our mutual friend, mm. and I asked her, "I want a skull in there, but the skull that talks. What would you put it? Well, you know?" And then she's like, "Yeah, a skull, and it should have a jewel on one side of the eye." <laughs> I said, "Oh, oh, good one, good one." And I kept it, and I and as the years went by, I kept my promise that you know, not it wasn't a promise, but I kept that jewel in the eye of this MacGuffin that we're going to talk about because that was great. And, I and it was funny because be Carly f- and me, we were like we were like pirate buddies because two thousand. Please talk about that. Two thousand seven to. Well, end of two thousand eight was 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 my kind of final year in in the states, and yeah, I mean we would we went just kind of despite the films being so bad, we just went a bit pirate crazy because we just you know there were so many fun gags and all that kind of stuff. So we would um, yeah, we were just basically pirates together, and I, my car was named the Black Pearl, and I had a Jolly Roger in there. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, loved it. So we would we would goof around and do piratey things. Um, apart from like actual pirating, we would, we would talk piratey things rather than do piratey things, I guess. And yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And I think it was, it was either her coming over or something like that. I think we were, we were over at your house, I think, Phil. And that's when we kind of made the connection that we were both interested in pirates and interested in fixing it. Um, cause I remember being at your house and talking about it and then kind of ignoring everyone else who was there and chatting loads about potential story ideas that you had come up with and, and and all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff um but i think i don't know if it was because carly was coming over or whatever but i think that's how that segued in a little bit there i think yeah yeah it totally did and i talked to her a little bit as well about it and tried to assemble something so uh what i did was in the end the final product of this unfinished thing was a book that i was making to pitch this 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 story idea too and unlike x-men this actually i actually made a pitch booklet and i printed it out (laughs) yep (laughs) and i sent it uh in the end of 2011 because i was desperate for some reason and i will not tell you who i sent it to until the end of this podcast because you know now it doesn't matter anymore i mean you know who cares uh, but I will be reading a few uh, sections from this pitch booklet that I made. And so when I was working on this story, I worked with another Luke, Luke Dubert. Luke Dubert? I think it's uh, Dubert. Yeah. Another Luke. See, I know so many Lukes. And there we go. I worked with Luke Dubert. We do know a lot of Lukes, don't we? And I, yeah, and I showed him the story, and then he also contributed to some other ideas. Oh, so that nice. was cool. And then we finally teamed up with Luke Coons. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a the lot. We Luke. had a good, fun time doing piratey things, and I was drawing, and he was sending ideas and writing some stuff, and we kind of did a pretty cool collaboration for what we thought was Pirates of the Caribbean Four. We're gonna show it off and all that kind of thing. And the subtitle was Crossbones. Yes, that was the first one. What and now, about, what do you think about the title now? Well, now there's a TV show called Crossbones. So, oh, okay. yeah, but that one kind it's of about pirates. Did that one even? Is that still going? I don't know. Okay, I need to know now. If it's me, mate, because I I remember when that came out and it looked it just looked terrible. Um, crossbones TV. 
show. Let's see if it's still going. I'm going to go with probably, well, it still says ongoing. No, final episode aired. (laughs) (laughs) What? It says a final episode aired um, August 2014. So I'm assuming it's over with. Uh, I had John Malkovich in it as well. Um, Aired on NBC. Hey, wasn't there, remember when uh, the last Cornado Trilogy film... The World's End came out. Wasn't there another movie that came out just at the same time, also with a similar title? Knowing? End of the World? I don't know. There was this giant globe on fire with Nicolas Cage or something like that? Knowing. Was it Knowing? I think okay, so. Okay, the posters, I think. That was yeah. confusing. Okay, so now we finally get into, we can explain the story, Jake. Are you ready to hear I'm the totally story? I'm ready, man. You're the mediator. You don't know much about the story. Well, I showed you a few things by the years, but... Uh, you know, I know this would little. be a good opportunity. You would, you would think, as much as we've had to inflict on Jake, he would remember more. <laughs> I remember a few things. I remember a few okay, things. Okay, good. You'll see. You'll see. My knowledge right. going to kick in. And I would like to read a few sentences from this pitch uh, booklet that I made Please because do. I do want to show you the box that I finally created and sent, and uh, just to show you how nice it looked and how cool it was. And you know, even if it was unsolicited material, hey, shot in the dark. Let's try it. And I really had re- um, a lot of fun doing it, so that will that I will definitely post those pictures of that box that I made and all that stuff. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. But now here's the problem, okay, Luke? We made a story before Pirates Four came out, and then we tried to, at least I tried to uh, make an even grander story with the knowledge that there was Pirates of the Caribbean Four, because I didn't see it yet. And after I saw the fourth one, I kind of gave up making it anyway. Because yeah. Was like, yeah I mean, we, we had, I think we had a pretty basic outline going. For both, right? So what? how do we want to approach this? Do you want to talk about it like, this is the story before the fourth one? Pretend there is no fourth Pirates of the Caribbean Yeah, I, I think I think we should. I think we should stick with what the original plan was. Um, okay. And then we can... That's where we put. That's where we the both most put the most effort in. Right, um, but what I discovered is that for the one that I was thinking of after four, which would be five, yeah, um, I kind of had some really good ideas that I think what might be a little bit more strong because, of, like, thematically speaking. Mm. But uh, I just don't want to downplay that because I think it's kind of cool. Maybe we will do that at the end when we're done. Yeah, I think so because I think yeah we put so I think we put so much effort into the into that original kind of outline that would be and then you can talk about the the revamps because i didn't really do too much with you on the revamps it was just more the kind of All original right. it was more the original idea for four um that would have been and that's what we're really talking about because they're going to be doing a pirates five anyway um, oh, or they or it. they are doing pirates five at the moment which carry on how do we start All right. well we're gonna we're gonna start with the quote from the amazing okay. skull that we I decided to put into our story because it's so quintessential and so classic Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, all the all the films have that have the logo of the skull, and you're kind of yeah. My understanding is you're giving the skull a backstory now. We're putting a skull in the movie, yes, as a not a character per se, but as a MacGuffin, a an important one. A vast there. It be too late to alter course, mateys. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove, waiting to board. Sit closer together, and keep your ruddy hands inboard. That be the best way to repel boarders. <laughs> and mark well me words, mateys. 
Dead Men Tell No Tales. <laughs> so would that be the introduction then? No, that was just that's the introduction in the ride. Yeah, yeah, I know. But yeah. without the introduction of the yeah. film. That'd so cool. this is how we started Pirates Four Crossbones. Pay no attention to four that came out in two thousand eleven. So we're going directly from three. Yeah. Yeah. So this this is the original concept for four before the fourth film actually. Yes. Right. Right. And I already thought of a great date, seven seven two thousand eleven. Yeah, I remember that. But then they they ruined it and they put it into May twenty fifth twenty eleven. Yes. They didn't want it to rhyme. Rhyming would be great. Oh, Everybody seven, remember seven seven twenty eleven. Whatever. Oh. Anyway. So anyway, this didn't is work. how we start. This is how we start. This is how it's always been starting. <laughs> It was a dark and stormy night. Huh? How do you like that? Storming. I like it. Disney logo. Disney, Disney. It's, it, you know, opens. Bruckheimer, right? And as all Pirates movie starts, you know, they, they start cold. So there's no credits, there's nothing. There's just... So a big pirate ship solemnly sways in the water and the fog. And the lightning crashes frequently. The ship is kind of spooky. And on the deck are many crew members, so there's lots of guys over there. They're rugged, and they're dirty, and they're, they're hauling dead bodies overboard, all of them stocked up and, you know, onto the, on the deck. They're looking miserable and washed up. It's a typical storm. Just a little more teal this time, because we all love teal. <laughs> um, and then we cut inside the... We, look at, we, get, we get a good look at the, at the ship, and we cut inside silhouetted because of some of the lightning we see that iconic hat the giant hat worn by Barbosa and he's just you know as the boat is rocking he's singing to himself something I don't want to you know we don't want it to be yo-ho bottle of rum or something like that but it's something based on the story we're going to talk about now and we can see some of it like just <laughs> and out there, out on the poop deck, everybody's just schlepping, and we we notice that these these people on this black pearl—it's the black pearl—because we get to see the uh, the opposite end of the poop deck. <laughs> sure, and we notice, and then we see there's a bunch of dead bodies being thrown overboard. What's going on? This is kind of weird. And then two pirates on this uh, on the boat just mention. Man, without any vitamin C. <laughs> These people have been dying this whole time, and then they just keep having to throw members of their crew into the water. And then there's this great shot from the bottom of the of the of the ocean, and we see you know, we see it looking above in the water, all these people floating down. There have been a, quite a few people floating, you know, just sinking into the water and then it just because the lightning flash and you see it and it says crossbones dun, dun. and I should be reading this actually I don't know why I'm talking by ear when I forgot so much the little pointy thing in the front of the ship is called the bow spirit oh there we go and why is Barbosa in this ship as people are dying what are they looking for he's looking for a hat Dun dun dun! They're going to a village, and they're finding a hat. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Why are they looking for a hat? Well, we'll find out. You want me to go? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, this is the summary. You ready? And I'm reading this from my read away booklet. 
Captain Edward Teach was the first pirate king, dethroning the heathen goddess Calypso and beginning the Brethren Court was just one of his many fabled deeds. So he was the king, stole the queen from her bed, bound her in a boat. Bones. Dun, dun. Really? Pretty sure, pretty sure it's bones, but we'll come back to that. Both, both work because. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Because in our film, 100 years ago, Blackbeard was the one who was the first pirate king. Remember the Brethren Court in the third film? Yep. Well, he's the one who started it. He's crazy nuts. And, you know, Davy Jones betrayed Calypso because we all know the story in the third film, what happened, and... He wanted to get laid, and she wasn't there, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Putting it bluntly, yeah. And Blackbeard wants, the con- wants to control the seas. He doesn't want Calypso, this goddess, to be running around there, because they-, they won't be in control. And so he's like, this is a chance for us to create a brethren court of pirates and rule the oceans so we could take away Calypso's power. And that's what happens. He- and that's Edward Teach who did that a hundred years ago well we'll see what happens now before his untimely death he promised a resurrection and revolution should the way of piracy begin to fade his bones were charred and cursed by an aborigine shaman 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 and scattered throughout sacred burial grounds until the time was right to reassemble them and hail his return but Generations passed, and his legacy and legend became all but forgotten. Until the turn of the century. And we all kind of calculated that, judging by the costumes in Pirates 1, that it takes place in the late 1700s. So Edward Teach, he was born and died in the 1600s, in real life. So perfect! We're still historically accurate, and we can make a mythical version of Edward Teach Blackbeard. Okay. And so he's been dead for for generations since before Pirates 1 started. Right. So there we go. And when we continue our story in Pirates 4, we find out, just like what they were talking about in the third film, pirates begin to fade. The Caribbean begins to change. And an industrial revolution takes hold. It's starting to crawl in. And uh, as commerce and trading routes are opened up, and the old world shrinks and England expands. So pirates can't be as free as they used to be as they were talking right, about. Right. And that's why, and it said the East India Trading Company was just the beginning. Mm, okay. uh, so we're getting a whole new changing picture of the world that is going to threaten yep. pirates. Well, no, it already did. It's already, it's it's already it's, doing it. It's already doing it. Like because we saw the threats force. in the third film. It's going full force now. Luke, you, this is all correct, right? Yep. <laughs> and so as we get to Barbosa, remember in the storm... Here he is, escaping all forms of law and boundary, sails towards a forgotten dungeon to find the undead shaman that once cursed Blackbeard. So what's he doing in that storm? He went to find a hat, and the hat opens up underneath, and that's the first clue they need to find the skull. Mm -hmm. Dun, dun, dun. So Barbosa, we introduce him again. He is full swing. He's back to form, back to what he used to be, and we loved about him in the first movie. Remember the first one? It was so that was my one of my favorite 
parts in the first one where he's like, gents, take a walk. That's so cool. And so that's what happens in in this movie. I wanted to bring back Barbosa that we knew from the first film. Yes, the dangerous Barbosa. Yeah, he's a real captain, you know, in the traditional sense. You know, he's not Captain Jack Sparrow, but he's he's a completely different captain. That just he's he knows he he's he's he, he knows things. So that's how, that's what we introduce as, as they go into a village, like in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. You know, pirates invade a village. And it's scary, and it's, you know, he knows how to orchestrate these guys, just like in the first film as well. And he quickly goes to the mayor. They already captured all of them, lined them up, the mayor and his family. And who goes in the mayor? What? Who goes in the mayor? Barbosa. He's oh, coming sorry. in with, the, with his ship because they're trying yeah. to get a hat. Okay, yeah. And this whole, or, his whole thing has been done just so he can get a hat from, from, the, from a mantelpiece, a decorative hat that the mayor okay, has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Mayor. You and yours can live happy lives after this and we'll be out of your sight. Go ahead and tell the whole empire that you've been single-handedly sacked by terrifying pirates for a piece of clothing. Nobody will believe you. That's the whole thing, have it just because of that. Yeah. Okay. This is just to reintroduce that yeah. he's Barbosa again. He's not a bumbling fool. Rips it open, he sees something inside. Oh. It's a map, and that's what they were here for. And now they know where to go. Small island dungeon... In the middle of nowhere, ages old, a disgusting, rusty cave, wet, ugly, damp, and you know many pirates are just decided, wondering why why is he brought why is he brought here? They're looking through all the cells with a lantern, right? Dun dun, nothing, nothing. Then they find in the corner, like huddled, looks like he's already dead. Uh, this scary Aborigine shaman, and he's just sitting there. And Barbosa, what does he have? He has, he has like some kind of magic dust or something like that. That's what I remember. And he sort of like just makes him wake up. And then I had this whole cool idea of this, you know, this tattooed sh- shaman coming up, opening his eyes. They're all blinding white, and just and he's and he comes towards Barbosa, and Barbosa's like, okay, tell us where the skull is and then we have this whole conversation about it, it is the time finally you know to resurrect Blackbeard and here's the skull and he gives him the skull and Barbosa gets disappointed because the skull is just half of the skull there's no jaw and they're like the jaw is missing yeah the jaw is missing and the, and the aborigine dies because that, that was his whole purpose in life anyway in life and death he's he's just you know it's just by it's just a curse a spell oh. yeah and he also had a staff this was also cool he assembled the skull with his because on his staff there are decorative little shards of this skull and he actually puts it together for him like, yeah. the whole skull and uh he dies and one of the and one of the pirates just goes there's no jaw yeah it's supposed to be whole Whoops. <laughs> and there we go. They have to start looking for the jaw, and they don't know how. So anyway... So as it was written... This is, this is a really big generalization. There was a lot of details about where they would get this jaw and how they would look for it and stuff like that, but I don't but think okay. we can go through we're that. going through the general... So yeah, two story. things stand in the way for the search of the bones. The current pirate king. There's a new character in town. New baddie. Emmanuel His name is Teach. Bad Pirate for now. 
No, his name was Cool Pirate. That's what oh, it was. Oh, yeah, Cool that? Pirate. I'm thinking of the night story, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Cool Pirate's uh, name, he got a name, and it was Emmanuel Teach. Now, that's an interesting oh, thing. because we learned about did you, did you give him a name in the end? I don't remember him having a name other, yeah. than, other than Cool Pirate. Yeah, well, it's it's Emmanuel Teach. But didn't we just learn about him? We learned about his... grant. He, what he claims is... His great great right okay. So was he was he actually related to to Blackbeard in the end? I would in the story I would say he was just lying. Okay, that's he what he, okay. he actually isn't. But yeah. uh, that would have been revealed later on. Yeah. And Emmanuel Teach is sort of this, uh, you know, crazy, cook. like he's he's a a man driven to bring back all the pirates to make a new brethren court. You know what I mean? Because the the first one was sort of like disappeared after the third film's climactic fight. Yeah. And so he's coming in to bring it back because piracy is fading. You know, people are getting jobs. No one's doing pirate stuff anymore. And he's like, no, we can government now. And for him, piracy isn't being free and stuff like that. It's just it's it's a way of life. It's civilization. We have to get it back together. And this character, Emmanuel Teach, is this cool dude. You know, he looks he looks you know he looks like. Like Barbosa was in the first Pirates, but probably even more, even he's, more he's calm gonna, and collected and young. More of a, he's of a, a young younger man. kind of dude. Barbosa's a bit old now. Yeah, yeah. And he's so a this young one's man. kind of like the, the youthful. Teach. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's uniting pirates left and right to resist the tide of change and to bring back Blackbeard as well because yeah. they found, all of them are feeling bad about it. And what's Barbosa doing? He's actually trying to do it for himself. Bring back Blackbeard. In order to... Dun, dun, you know dun. what it is? You know you want to know? Sure. He wants a new ship. Okay. <laughs> it's true. That's all That's all he wants so to he do. he brings back Blackbeard to get a new ship? Yeah, so he can get Blackbeard's ship. Well, it was, it was more okay. that the... It wasn't just about, oh, I just want a new ship, so I'm going to go and do this. It was more that he, he didn't really want Blackbeard. He wanted Blackbeard's ship. Yeah. So he didn't saying, really, yeah. because Blackbeard's ship was this kind of coveted relic, really, of, it of, was. of kind of that's right of piracy power. And if if you if you are commanding that ship, that you you kind of hold, you kind of hold a little bit of power and respect, really, among the pirate community. Um, I mean, there's lots of things we could have explored with that that we that we didn't, and new things are coming to my head now that I'm talking about it. Um, yeah, I know, right? But that was kind of the thing. But they needed mm-hmm. to. They needed mm-hmm. to find all these clues so they could locate the ship that he wanted. Yes. Well, and I can't remember what was what that. was happening with the Pearl and what was happening with Jack at this stage. Well, as this is after three, so Barbosa has the Pearl. He's using it. He's traversing everywhere. But then Barbosa says, okay, I know who knows about the jaw and I know who knows about what we will have to talk about as well. Which is the Fountain of Youth. Which, on this, the map, at the end of Pirates 3, is apparently in Florida, yes. which is where Disney World is. Woo! Shazam! It's Fountain of you Youth is in Disney immortal. World. But, Jib, listen to me. I'm listening okay. to everything. So, Barbosa goes, oh no, we're missing a jaw, and we need to get Jack Sparrow again. And he doesn't uh, want to, okay. but let's get him again. We have to somehow recruit He's him back. He's an asset. Yes, and as we all know... Barbosa screwed him over right. in the third film right. by taking the pearl, and Jack is nowhere to be seen. But this is what is going on now that we're back in Pirates 4, the, 
the movie that we wanted to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Captain Jack Sparrow has been accused of many things in the past. Currently, it is the destruction of the SS Endeavor. If you remember that one, that's the big ship that was destroyed. Cutler Beckett was on. Cool guys don't look at explosions. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And so what happened was Jack Sparrow was blamed and the entire government, English monarchy, the, you know, everybody was looking for Jack now because he's the worst pirate in the world because he was apparently he was leading the operation and he destroyed that ship because, you know, the, the whole East India Trading Company. Right. So he's kind of framed in a way. And that's why he was but in hiding. Jack hi- Sparrow is generally always in trouble. Yeah. And he yeah. was in hiding this whole time. So it's the destruction of the SS Endeavor and insurmountable atrocities to the crown. This, of course, leads him to hiding for a year on an island somewhere. So Barbosa knows exactly what island it is, and we all know it is. What we said was Tart. It wasn't Tortuga, but it was a similar sort of place. Tortinga. Mm. Barbosa's bringing in the Black Pearl, which is now actually repainted and disguised as a trading vessel for alcoholic imports. Barbosa searches for Jack only to have their ship single-handedly stolen by the wanted captain. So there was this whole awesome scene that we that I had in mind that I was already thinking of. They bring it to port and they're like, "Okay, how are we going to find Jack now?" You know, cuz there's Pintel and Rigetti, those two characters from mm-hmm. the first movie. They they're all still on the Black Pearl and a bunch of other pirate characters that we could talk about and Barbosa and they come down and they port onto this island because Barbosa knows this is the only place that Jack would be when when the going gets tough this is where Jack goes to hide yeah and it there's a market over there and they're like how do we even start to look and then what happens is this is how we reveal Jack Sparrow in this movie uh because you know he's been screwed over by Barbosa and betrayed and we have this whole wonderful sequence with the music that I was listening to this whole time for the 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 sequence which was up is down, you know the dun dun And so what? Thank you, thank you. And so what happens is they're trying to find him. They can't find him, and Jack Sparrow is behind the scenes. We don't, we don't see him either, but he's like pulling cords to sort of move all the people who are looking for him away from the ship. And then he gets the ship himself and sails off. Oh crap! And that was a, this was a whole uh, uh, a whole sequence that I thought of, where you don't you never get to see Jack Sparrow's face. We just get to see glimpses of how he you know cleverly gets all the people to follow different. That'd be cool though. Area. Yeah, that would. I I just I thought that was the best idea. Mm-hmm. We could just see him just orchestrating this whole thing because he hates these guys and Barbosa and he just wants his ship back and he finds his ship back and I wish I could describe the whole thing in detail but I'm not I can't it just takes too long but it was it was really cool it was really cool and then there's this little kid that also helps him in the the sequence where some of the pirates are following this kid and then because they see the hat they see Jack's hat there he is let's get him and then they grab him and it's an actual little kid Mm, it's like ah and then they look back, and then they see the ship is going away without us. The Black Pearl, what's going on? Jack's on it already, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because he's so clever. And then, dun, 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 dun. And then, as the ship does a turn to leave the island, uh, that little kid shows up and then tosses the hat back to Jack. And then that's, with the hat being tossed, and the close-up of, the, of, uh, of Jack's hat grabbing it and puts it on his, on his head, that's when we see Jack again. And he does a turn. He's like, and, and then you know what he says? Bloody pirates. 
And that's uh-huh, his first, okay. uh, and yeah, that's his first that's line cool. in the movie because he he they stole his ship. Yeah. Mm. And there we go. And how does he get back? All the pirates that were with Barbosa are looking on in the on the port and like he's going away. You know, he's leaving. And Barbosa's like, he's not gonna leave. I have his compass. Jack the monkey stole his compass before he mm. left. And then we see in the distance the ship, the Black Pearl, turning, making a turn oh. back. And Barbosa's just. And then we have Jack Sparrow back, and he's like, why do you want me to be back? Why do you want me back here? And then Barbosa's like, here, I'll read again. So, rightfully angry at the state of the Pearl, because they repainted it. Why'd you repaint my ship? Um, and his abandonment, you, know, you, know, you guys left me, and, and of Gibbs, he refuses to work under Barbosa in order to find Blackbeard's bones and claim his legendary ship and hold both England and the new Brethren Court for ransom, which is what Barbosa wants to do. That's his whole plot. And Jack Sparrow doesn't want to do it. You know, he's like, what's in it for me? Well, at least not until he realizes that they're pretending to be a alcoholic imports of mm-hmm, rum. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll go. There's a lot of rum in there. I'm cheap. Let's go. Honestly, now, I really think you're letting the old times of the past cloud your better judgment. We need you back on that boat. Ship. I ship. Now I can sail away to any godforsaken apocrypha, causing who knows what trouble, winning the game, and living amazingly, and you, you'll just be stuck here eating bananas on this dead and buried rock like the washed-up giant monkey that you are. Until the 101 uses of bananas start getting too I friendly. I make my living just as good as anyone else around here, and no one's the wiser. Even Jimmy over the... Jimmy! He doesn't know me. If you want to be sailing on British seas with my beautiful ship slipping by and getting chased by the entire navy and its royal highness King George's blessed fleet, well, go ahead. All right. Take the imports and make a slow wind up. We don't want the liquors to spill about the deck like a flood. Happens all the time, Jack. People thinking they're in heaven every day of the week. Pull it down. Imports. Aye. Rum. Have to keep a low profile, you know. Rum. Barrels, Jack. Barbosa. To think that I'm so stupid to be swayed by the notion that my beautiful baby pearl is being used to deliver beautiful quality rum across the Caribbean is the most desperate plot you've ever used to get me to join you. I suppose the offer will require me to stoop so low to become cabin boy, cleaning the deck all because of some bloody reeds and one of youth or Captain Jack Sparrow bends the other way, just for a barrel of rum. Bananas aren't that bad, mate. And there's a jump cut too, of course. Jack Sparrow is the cabin boy after all. Bloody pirates. Okay. And finally we got Jack and Barbosa on the same ship, ready to go... Find a skull, uh, find the missing piece for the skull, which is what everybody is looking for now because the way of pirates is beginning to fade and this is everybody's last hope, and for the pirates at least. And there's these mean pirates with uh, Emmanuel Teach, who's the cool pirate, <laughs> who's the leader of them, who is trying to you know, resurrect Blackbeard because he'll have godlike powers when Blackbeard comes back to help them finally get rid of the English government and this... 
uh, this non-pirate new way of life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, more or less. Just like they got rid of Calypso, so we'll see what happens. So, an uneasy alliance is made as the reunited crew head to Tia Dama's abandoned shack in the river forest, in the swamp. Remember that? Of course. So they have to go back there because when she was a human, she used to have a bunch of stuff in there. And it would have been so great to come back to this old set from the second film and you see that it's been sinking into the ground and there's like it's just lopsided mm-hmm. and it's all and it's like on the side so all the characters have to go through this half sinking sunken. yeah half sunken house that has no lights in it or anything we just have to look for something and they're trying to find the um i i forgot like we had totally like put all kinds of reasons and logically why they would be doing this and stuff so they do go to that little shack and uh, they search for the skull of... Bl- uh, sorry, I'm going too fast. The jawbone, right? Yeah, they look for the jawbone. Yeah. The, the reason why Tiadama would have the jawbone would be because she actually, you know, it's one of the big, you know, ties of hatred she has because he's the one who bound her into mortal form. So she, was, when she turned into a human... Uh, because she's immortal as well, because she is a goddess, so she wouldn't die. So a hundred years later, when Blackbeard is dead, she obtained his jawbone. So no one can get the the skull and complete it, so the skull can't talk to, to tell people where to go to get to the bones, to assemble the bones, to resurrect Blackbeard. Okay. Um, and so when the pirates come into that shack and the shack is all tilted and it's a, it would be like a great it would make it would make a great sit piece um because it's it's tilted and it's dark and there's all these little knickknacks and stuff that she has um collected Hobnops. from a long time ago and Jack finds the jawbone which is being used as a door handle which mm. was which I thought was kind of oh, kind yeah. of an amusing little visual gag and they find it and then when they find it the skull starts talking. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say something has to happen now. And it's like, yep. And the skull talks in kind of like rhymes and... Kind of like the ride. Like the ride, exactly. And and it gives them clues. But the problem is that this skull doesn't stop talking. It talks at unimportant times and stuff like that. So they're like, oh, just, you know, later on, Jack Sparrow will hate the skull and then they, he actually ties it up. So it's kind of like comedic relief? Yeah, yeah, as well. But it's also being used as a... Like kind of like a magic eight ball. It's like where are the rest of the yeah where are the rest of the bones? So at times it'll be a very serious kind of mystical thing. Other times it would be like oh my gosh, this is like kind of funny because it's exactly. like in- interrupting a a moment between people and, and whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what happens is let's make this brief, like a little bit briefer, briefer, more brief. Uh, yeah, more brief. Let's make this a little bit more brief. Uh, <laughs> so they go to the river forest. It sinks after they find the jawbone. They successfully escape, but then. The new pirate king, Emmanuel Teach, shows up with his fleet, and then they get in trouble, and they're surrounded, and they have to talk it out. And I remember Luke made a great sort of harken back to the first movie when Elizabeth had that last coin. Mm. She could easily throw it into the water, and the yeah. pirates would not like. This is exa- the exact thing that happens here, where Jack Sparrow doesn't really care about this whole thing anyway. He's just here because he's cheap and he likes rum. So yeah. he, so at, in this argument with. The pirate king who's like, do you have the skull? Because we need the skull, you know? You, Barbosa, you're just, you should join us or, you know, you're going to die. And look at me. I have this whole fleet. I have the, 
whole pirate brethren court, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, what, what's Black Pearl going to do you know, trying to get this, the skeleton before them, right? They can't compete there. But then Jack Sparrow shows up in the background and he's like, okay, look, I have the, I have the skull and I'm going to drop it into the water. Unless you just leave us alone. Yes. Hello? Is anybody listening? Mm-hmm. We're all listening. Oh, okay, yeah. Unless you, unless you leave us alone, right? And then after a little bit of showing that, yes, Jack Sparrow will throw it because he doesn't care about this at all. Emmanuel Teach says, okay, we'll leave you guys alone. Well, yeah, so well it essentially becomes a bit of a... They have they have to kind of give up. It wouldn't be as, as, as civil as that. Um, okay. Because that's more just kind of like, Okay, we'll talk it out, and they talk it out, and they, they go away. Obviously, I kind of, I think I envision a bit more kind of action. Um, like, you know, they'll they will attempt to take it by force, and when they realize, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you're backed into a corner and everyone has guns pointed at each other, and then yeah, yeah. eventually you kind of slowly kind of back out. I would imagine a bit of a a bit of a scene would have happened, and then they would have, you know, metaphorically speaking, slowly backed out of the room, um, leaving the cool pirate and his crew there to yeah. ensue on a chase. Yeah. Okay, okay. But, you know... In kind of classic pirate of the Caribbean fashion. Yeah, when it's, all, when it's all said and done, what we have now is Barbosa, Jack, these guys, they're looking for the bones now because they brought it upon themselves. Barbosa wants to put everybody on ransom and all the, you know, all the other parties that are trying to find the bones as well. And the bad guys are, you know, sort of on their tail now. Yeah, because they want to resurrect Blackbeard so they can right, stop right, the pirates. Right. So the bad pirates want the they want to resurrect Blackbeard. Barbosa just wants the ship, and Jack just wants the rum. Yeah, Jack's just here because he's here now. You know, he yeah. just got cut into this, and that's Sooner, kind of, and that's and that's okay because I mean, if you look at Pirates of the Caribbean one, he wasn't supposed to be the main character. It was absolutely fine to not have Jack be the ultimate protagonist. Realistically, is kind of Barbosa really at the moment. Um, yeah, at the moment, and I think I think that that's absolutely fine because it brings it back to what made it brings back to the dynamic that worked in Pirates One without the whiny love story between Will and, <laughs> and Elizabeth. And that's how our first act is kind of done in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. we know and we what, know what's going on and what the stakes are. Yeah. So sooner than later, and of course we have a little bit of a subplot with the uh, the British Navy who also are hearing about these rumored pirate. Was it Rebels British or was it Spanish? Like I thought it was Spanish. Oh, wait, they're coming in. They're coming in. Okay. <laughs> Sooner than later, the riddle is revealed by the skull. The bones are nowhere near the Caribbean. They're located across the Atlantic Ocean, the barren coasts of the Mediterranean. Let's start with the Spanish guitar. Okay. <laughs> and that's where we have to go. Dun, 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 dun. The Mediterranean. So essentially what happens, and I think this is what I really liked about the story, if you don't mind me interjecting, is that all the, all the films have had something to do with kind of wanting something. Um, but now this time, the treasure hunt is a, little, is a little bit different. It's more kind of, it's more kind of piratey where you have to kind of, they're following these clues all over the place. Yeah, we're looking, we're racing to it's get more, the same It's more stuff. of a mystery now, more of a, more of a mystery as they're trying to visit all of these quite exotic locations um with purpose it's like they actually have motivation for every single place that they're going now we're going to send them on a really really crazy adventure um to all these cool what could be mythological or you know supernatural-ish kind of places like the bermuda triangle um and all that kind of stuff which i i I think made it as an idea 
made it a lot more it made it a lot more fun than what we got. You know, we're not just randomly in bloody Singapore. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, I wanted to show that if, when we're going across the Atlantic, it's going to take a while, and we would have some scenes of character development and other plot development inside across the scene stuff like yeah. that. So, reaching the destination and disguised, the Black Pearl crew begin an important mission. Jack Sparrow reveals that he could not find the Fountain of Youth. Now they're going to talk about the Fountain of Youth because what I always wanted to do is because they hinted at the Fountain of Youth in the last third film, last the third film. Uh, that it wouldn't be the main plot. And we already, you know, Barbosa asks Jack, you've been to the Fountain of Youth already, haven't you? He's like, yeah. And, and then Jack Sparrow says, like, he couldn't find the fountain. The entire thing is a hoax. You know, he's like, no, that's not the idea hoax. that we had. Wait, wait, it's not done. Okay. The barren island with a blue pool that okay. he discovered, his compass directed to it, you know, like where to go. It's nothing but salt water in there. Yeah, it, 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 it's not there. You know, and he's and he took like a whole year and a half to look for it. and He couldn't find it. So then we find in his out. little dinghy. <laughs> his little dinghy. So Juan Ponce de Leon claimed to have discovered the fountain and wrote it into his journals, which reside in a fortified city in Spain. Coincidentally, the resting place of some of Blackbeard's cursed bones in a church. They used some of the bones in the church. They put it up in church. And this is where, and I'll just tell you right now, a chaotic battle bursts into fruition as Jack Sparrow's hideous disguise as a royal Spanish guard is easily detectable. I could talk about like all the, because I'm, you know, I'm all about the scenes and stuff, and I can tell I know, you what yeah. it looks like, but I can't do it. Just keep it to plot long. points. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think and their entire operation to secretly steal papers and bones is severely jeopardized. Yeah. However, Jack is as slippery as a fish. The entire Black Pearl crew scatter to retrieve the targets, uh, you know, their targets. And a citywide alarm is being triggered. So and we also get introduced to a new sort of Spanish captain who's no nonsense. He's old and he's... This is in Spain. This is in like a city, a coastal city somewhere in Spain. Mm. And he figures out that there's someone in their ranks that's not... That's not real. He's just Jack Sparrow in a stupid uh. outfit who can't do a good disguise. And Barbosa's like, don't go... Don't do the disguise. We're going to operate this, you know, properly. Yeah. Jack Sparrow doesn't listen to them. He's already gone. He already tries to do something. And it's like, Barbosa can be like, please don't do anything stupid. And he does something stupid, seemingly, which is stand there with the ranks of the spear and everything, you know, on the morning routine for the Spanish guard over there. And then it's like, everybody can see that it's Jack Sparrow with a beard and everything just with his little uniform on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And his ponytail. And then we, I would have this great scene with the uh, this, this Spanish captain who would be like F. Murray Abraham. You know who that is? Actor? No. The name rings. Salier- Salieri and Amadeus. Okay. And then they, they already would spot him and they would just make fun of him. Like pretend he's part of like, you know, you, you, you don't speak a word of Spanish in Spanish and Jack Sparrow doesn't know how to speak Spanish and stuff. But of course, what happens is that he triggers the alarm and everything goes nuts. And the pirates from the Black Pearl are there. Now they have to run around to find the bones. So, the entire Black Pearl's crew scattered to retrieve their targets, and a citywide alarm has been triggered, and Jack escapes only to entangle himself through a monastery, a wedding, and rooftops of encircling buildings. So he's trying to get... The skull is kind of pointing him to different directions, he's, which is dangling around on his waist, you know what I mean? Like the, the skull, like a like a big giant keychain. Yeah. And he's running like around. Like his mom's trying head. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's running around to look for the bones, and 
he has to pretend he's a priest, which I wanted to bring that back. Because he mentioned, in the first one, they mentioned that he was pretending to be a priest once, and so we could bring him. Okay. Yeah. And there's a bunch of different scenes that we invented that would be really fun and clever, but I'm not going to yeah. go into that there. So he retrieves two of Blackbeard's bones, thanks to the riddles of the skull, which yeah. he keeps gagged due to a bothersome habit of its speaking at inappropriate times. And there was a scene where Jack dresses up as a priest. I want to talk about this. Uh, so he can get the two or three bones in the monastery, and so he has to get all you know, past all the church clergymen and all that kind of stuff. And when he does, uh, he starts with taking out one guy and then trying on his outfit. You know, he has to get that uh, disguise back on so he looks like a priest. And then he takes this big paddle, like the one from Monty Python and then, you know, the, the that kind of big paddle. And every time someone passes by in the church, he always has to knock them out. So he keeps silently knocking out other priests over and over and over whenever they keep passing by while he's dressed like one and then until he leaves a big trail of unconscious monks which ironically leads him to his location where he's trying to fish out these bones from a wall in their basement. And of course, one monk spots him and uh, looks shocked and the jig is up. So he runs back and so that's sort of another little, little scene. And so the Spaniards, hot on his tail... Frustrated at their failure, send out a battalion of Spanish knights on horseback that chase him and his pirate crew across the city. And that's where we find Barbosa, who's trying to lay low with an umbrella, and he sees it pass by, and he's like, I have to save him now. And he does, and Barbosa can can ride a horse. Wow. Dun, 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 dun. And he, get on, Jack, and Jack can't even mount a horse. Oh, man. <laughs> and so they're trying to get, you know, they're, and so there's this big chase with Barbosa on a horse with Jack in the back and all that kind of stuff, and... The escalating chase climaxes as Emmanuel Teach and his pirates, who have been following them, come to the shore of the Spanish city, and they're like, oh, I see Jack's been here, and he see, they see Jack, and he's like, shoot some cannons at them. But then the Spaniards shift their focus onto the new coming pilot fleet, and the Black Pearl crew regroup in a hasty and very wet retreat. So when Emmanuel Teach's pirate fleet show up, Oh, by the way, there's smaller ships like in the real life pirates used to have, so they can surround bigger ones. So a the dinghy. ships that, yeah, <laughs> like dinghies, but not really. You know, they're <laughs> these smaller pirate ships that actual pirates had. Um, Rowboats. Well, they're they're like <laughs> miniature ships, but they actually are used to surround bigger ships, which is okay, why so water skis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so they can surround bigger ones. So their ships are many, but. They're not very huge, like the Black Pearl Wait, is. So many the audience, or they're mini. They're many, many. They're <laughs> M-A-N-Y, but they're not huge like the Black Pearl. So the audience realizes this. Peyton Manny. So the idea here is Wait, that Manning's on the boat. Can I? Can I talk? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, so the ships are many, but not very huge like the Black Pearl. So the audience realizes at this point that the whole reason why Jack you know, did this whole thing. You know, it was his, this was his whole spiel. That That's the reason why he went out and made stupid, unconvincing disguises and left Barbosa's crew to pretend to be part of the Spanish guard because Barbosa wouldn't listen anyway, being the stubborn guy that he is. So, you know, because he wanted all the pirates to do everything in a unit. So now we're going to dress up all of us together and invade. And Jack knew for, from the beginning that this was a stupid plan that wouldn't work anyway. So without even explaining, he just went on by himself and disguised himself. And this is why it all worked out. Because 
he knew that Teach's pirates were going to be on their tail since the beginning, and so he was actually buying enough time to not only have everything in chaos so that he can get the bones from the monastery, but also to get the Spaniards to focus on the bigger pirate fleet following them so it gives them a chance to escape. And that is why he did that, and that's what started the whole thing, and that was, you know, and that's what who Jack is anyway. It's the whole notion and the idea that Jack is always one step ahead of the game. Well done. Sounds good. So they got the bones, they finished the thing, even though it was all chaos, and it was fun to watch. And in the end, when Jack and Barbosa and everyone escaped the chaos in the Spanish city, and as the new Bitheran court pirates get entangled with the Spaniards instead, Barbosa is the last one to get rescued by the Black Pearl. So he jumps into the water and, you know, and, you know, and that's the end of the whole action scene, right? When they successfully escape. So Barbosa has to go and swim over there to the, to the, to the ship. But then, ah, Jack makes the grand entrance that we've seen in the previous movies. You know, dun, 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 with his full gear, you know, his coat, his hat and everything, you know, walks down and he's out of the Spanish guard costume and he descends dun, 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 and gives a hand to Barbs, who's just miserably floating in the water and has to watch all this. And uh, with that, Jack actually reaches out to, the bar- to, to Barbosa and goes, Will you sail under the command of the rightful captain? And everybody's looking and everybody's seeing what Barbosa is going to do. And he's just wet and miserable and floating in the water. And he just reluctantly gives him his hand to be helped up. But then he pulls him into the water. Yeah, that's pretty dun, good. Dun, dun, dun. End action scene. Little joke. Ha. Awesome. And that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. So they all get onto the, onto the ship before anybody can get them. And I had the fun... I don't know. I forget it. Oh, there's a bunch of different specific scenes that I could talk about as well. Yeah. yeah. There's doing plot points. Was, um, was, this the, was this the bit where we are introduced to a new character? Uh, not yet. I mean, I have a whole section right here. So we wanted to give Jack Sparrow... Uh, is that what you're talking about? Yep. Yeah, we wanted to give Jack Sparrow a little romantic interest... Not in like the cheesy way, though. Not in like the no. oh, I'm you know, not like a Will Elizabeth or or even what they eventually did in Pirates Four. Oh my! A, a, the, I you know, something that, that was kind of more. Yeah, that you want to. I, I have the whole a whole page of the subplot here. Yeah. So we can it. just go through it. All right. So an ordinary, frail, and ill young woman, ill young woman, is brought to the attention of the disguised Black Pearl. Barbosa, who currently holds the skull of Blackbeard, is told by it that her purpose is one of utmost importance to the resurrection. How does that happen and how do we do that? I don't know yet because we never really fully thought up the story that much. But demanding her to be brought with them on board and giving her to a reluctant Jack Sparrow to take care of a journey of minds and hearts. So when emerges. remind me again, I mean they this they I thought they met at this this last of course they did yeah so it's while jack is hunting for these bits and stuff like that they all come in contact eventually come in contact with this girl and and she's taken on board the pearl for her unknown purpose but the skull says there's a purpose so barbosa's like uh okay we're gonna take her then so basically it's a kidnapping Mm -hmm. a good a good pirate kidnapping and he's like take care of her jack but then jack starts getting a crush on her and he tells her stories and that's what I liked right, about right. it, you know, the, that, that sort of thing. So throughout their journey, strong romantic bond ties Jack to her. But, you know, she's also kind of sick. She's always kind of coughing. 
stuff like that. A bit pale. But, a bit of yeah, mu- a bit but, of mucus. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but that comes to an end as the black pearl is captured and her identity is revealed. So this is later on in the movie. But here's the meat of the movie, and this is a really short thing because we never really thought of this because we could we could go on with these pirates come in, these pirates come in, action scene yeah. happens, action scene happens. Well, I think that's that's, so what, that's kind of the well, some of it's kind of the fun stuff because like yeah, it's fun stuff. I'll tell you right here. It is discovered that each of the bones resting places have a trap set to them. So whenever they're going to the bones, and if you're thinking, why don't they just use the compass? The compass just points to the skull because those are one of the bones. It's like we can't find any other the bones, so they have to use the skull's riddles to find out where the bones are. And each of the bones' resting places have a trap set to them, and they're all on different islands, and Blackbeard was not one to overlook anything, and part of his ancient curse included deadly obstacles and ancient creatures looming over each acquisition. Yeah. So there's a giant crab, and there's this whole scene with a giant crab, which uh-huh. I love to talk about, but, you know, it'll take too long. There's a lot of funny bits. Well, can you give us, like a, like, a two-sentence pitch? Well, here's, here's, a, here's a good thing about it. They get to the island... They go inside a cave. They don't notice a crab. There's a crab, and it's going to be going sideways like any other crab, so you can have fun about how it's blind on different sides. And also, the funnest part, I thought, was that one guy is trying to escape the crab, starts swimming, you know, in, in, you know, in the distance in the sea to get to the ship, which is okay. just docked somewhere a little bit further off in the deeper water. Right. And Jack Sparrow's there with his telescope. Monocle. He, yeah. No, what telescope. Is it telescope. Oh, no. Is it a telescope? What is it? scope where he's looking through what are those called there's a word for that oh well i don't remember but his little telescope and he's looking he's like come on come on get back on right this this person and he starts swimming and then this big giant crab comes out of the cave and you know it's chasing him and goes into the water and then it just goes underneath and it's like oh yeah they can't swim they just can crawl underneath so he's just so this this crab is just sitting down there under in the water under the black pearl now what now what do we do? Can we try to go back into the island? And then they... Let's get this guy, and it's, we could do a Monty Python joke where it's this expendable lad. Come on. Oh, right, right. Don't worry, so I'll go. And he goes inside, starts to swim, and then... Whoosh, crab grabs him. Which I think for stuff me, like like that. It, it was stuff like that that I really liked about the story. Is it, it, like I said, it's all about that mystery. And I like that, just going to all these different... It's, it was, doing, like it was a, doing something completely different to other films. The other one was, was motivated by, you know, uh, the pirate curse. The other one's motivated by, you know, Will and, and the whole Davy Jones' heart thing. Whereas this yeah. is just like a good... There's not a big difference between this, the first film and the second film and the way they're kind of executed, really. It's all kind of all hmm, samey-samey. Hmm. It's all revolves around the, the, the stupid compass and all that kind of stuff. Whereas this, it's like, it's you know, you have this skull takes a place of it and they have to follow the riddles and there's more there's so more, there's more adventure like I said more fantastical really when they go to these yeah. these islands and um, and other pirates show up as well yeah and, and British inject people the, show inject up the bad and... pirates and the and the Spanish armada um, yeah that are following them along the way as well um, it just painted a much better picture yeah it's cool and then there's a there's an island full of giant sea urchins and mm. they're really slow and Jack Sparrow falls down like he actually jumps off a cliff to escape some of the bad guys on one of the islands and he gets kind of knocked out he floats into another island a small one and he wakes up and then there's all these giant uh, sea urchins sort of slowly crawling out of the water to get him and he's like oh but I'm fast enough and he just goes into the cave where there's another bunch of the bones and then as he tries to get out of the cave he sees that it's locked he can't open the door, 
because all these urchins just piled up over the the doorway and he can't get out and oh. the, all these kinds of fun little yeah. little gags that we sort of invented which which is kind of stupid for us to explain now that everybody's giving we're giving everybody free ideas no it's okay it's fine it's cool uh, there was also supposed to be a character uh, as part of the Black, Black Pearl gang that, you know, one of the characters who idolizes Jack Sparrow and thinks he's the most amazing person in the world. So he, you know, so he like, he worships Jack, you know, and he's like one of those, mm. you know, you, he looks like one of those uh, really handsome, rugged dudes, you know. you know. I was always thinking he would be played by Raul Bova. Probably don't know who that is. He's from Alien vs. Predator. He's the Italian guy. <laughs> anyway, he mm-hmm. would be this over-enthusiastic character with like, uh, the worst delusions of grandeur ever, and he thinks Jack is the most justified human being in the universe. And so, as part of the Black Pearl ensemble, if Jack were in trouble or has a stupid plan, the guy would be like, "Yes, we must trust Captain Jack," but he'll be like dumb as a rock. So that's kind of the contrast. Do you think there was also but, another? Character. And then, okay, so let's. I mean, that's so basically, now that's the girl. Safe. You want to talk about the girl? Let's 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 see what happens to this girl, right? And she would have been well, a good no, no. character. I, I, she we would talk, have been annoying. Should we talk? Wait. Should we talk about the the the, the island, the final island? Okay, you, we can talk about the final island because because the girl's main bit doesn't come until the fountain. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's do it. So Ready? Let's talk, let's talk In, island and then fountain and then the girl. All right. All right. All right. In the end, pirate captain Anna Maria, which we brought her back, captures the Black her. Pearl with her own ship, takes its hostages to the pirate fleet. And her husband, Emmanuel Teach. Mm. Uh, and she she has her own ship, remember? She's like, you yeah. stole my boat in the first one and everything. And we can bring Zoe Saldana in because she's like super, super popular now. <laughs> yes. The, the new Brethren Court have done it. They've assembled the skeleton of Blackbeard. So in the end, the, the Teach and his men got all the skeleton. Hey, Jacob, hey. Dude, I'm listening to everything. And having previously... in inquisited members of the Black Pearl led them to the cave of the Fountain of Youth. And why do we need the Fountain of Youth still? And it's a cave. It's not, you know, the island that Jack Sparrow... Wait, 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 wait. you didn't talk about the ship, though. Oh, right. Sorry. Like, that's like that's that's what I meant. That's like a huge, crucial bit. Like... Go for it, dude. Do yeah, so it, remind me... Correct me if I'm not remembering things properly. But you have... They finally get to the, the final island, and it's all kind of messy or whatever. I don't remember what the monster was, the creature there, whatever their, their issue was. But they get to the final island, and the Blackbeard's ship is essentially the island. And eventually, it, it as they solve whatever final riddle is, then the ship kind of emerges from the, from the island. Yes, it was a fossilized it. ship yeah, so inside w- the island, and it was all covered in rocks and plants and stuff. It was part of the island. Yeah, and so then, it would have been yeah, this yeah. huge kind of like this massive fun reveal of, of, of the big grand ship and the kind of gem that Barbosa wanted. Um, yep. And remind it's the me, Queen was, Anne's Revenge. It's a big ship, man. Yeah. So so what was was who who was who was present at this scene? Was was everyone present or was it just? Dude, I, I have no idea, no clue. It I have it... I have three more pages to read. <laughs> yeah, but for... no, they have pictures. They have pictures on them, so they're just very small. Are there the, any, the, are there the any pictures about the about that island with the ship? Yeah, there is. There is. All right, read that bit. There are. All right, uh, but I put it in when uh, <clears throat> I put it in when when Blackbeard gets revealed, like when he gets resurrected. <gasps> Blackbeard gets revealed. What? 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 Sorry. 
All right, sh- should I just talk about the like? Okay, so the point is that the ship happens. It shows up. It's. I thought it happens when Blackbeard gets resurrected, though. Lauk. Something like that. It's bit, that bit's a bit foggy. Um, so I should whole, just. Whole... I should just continue reading this. Okay, please continue reading. So let's talk about the girl again. Like I said, throughout What's their journey, a strong romantic bond ties Jack to her, but that comes to an end as the Black Pearl is captured and her identity is revealed. So can we let's just get to the the ending here yeah. where Teach captures the Black Pearl finally. You know, the gig is up and now it's time to go to the Fountain of Youth, the cave and see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. But before that, this girl's identity is revealed. Mm-hmm. And it's she existed for hundreds of years already. She didn't know she existed that long. That's cool. She existed to be a secret host of the life force of Blackbeard. Mm, it's like a so it's her. So it's Blackbeard's soul. Ooh, that's weird. She never existed as a human being to begin with. She was just this, the, the soul of Blackbeard. And of course she has black hair. Fortune takes its toll for the worse as she is ultimately forced to join with the completed skeleton of Blackbeard in this big Ooh, ritual okay, with Emmanuel Teach and the bad pirates. Mm-hmm. And bring him to life. And guess what? Barbosa never told Jack about these things because Barbosa didn't know either. So, but this is before Blackbeard gets resurrected. Real quick, they go into the Fountain of Youth, and although Fountain of Youth is a bit different than the one in the fourth film, which uh, because this is what I was thinking of before, and I thought it would be great if it was just this torrential beam of water coming out infinitely. And blue light, because there's moonlight coming through it, so it would be like a blue beam. Mm. And the sheer force of the water makes it impossible for them to get any kind of water from it. So there has to be another way how to get this immortal water, right? So Jack Barbosa and the rest of the crew are captured and questioned about the final piece. And we talked about that. The, the girl becomes the final piece, and he's like, no... And then the skeleton moves on its own to join with the girl. And she's like, no, I'm sorry, Jack. See you later, I guess. Mm, yeah, yeah. And the skeleton begins to move as the girl is drawn nearer to it and her true purpose is revealed. With Jack helpless to save her, she is made to join with the skeleton of Blackbeard and to, and to die so that he may live. Mm. Jack is devastated, but the first pirate king returns. So the bad guys did it, and the pirate king is back, baby. And he's this big... Big guy, you know, larger than life looking okay. character. Kind of like, kinda like Super Shredder and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Exactly. Or you could, you know, like Davy Jones was all about water and stuff and he's like fire. So he has these pointed tips of his beard are all like amber, smoky. And yeah, uh, he's just this huge guy with red, like a red shirt. What I wanted to say suit, but it's red yes. clothing and all that. So what happens is Blackbeard comes back. He turns out to be more than what he was thought to be. The resurrected godlike being is a liar. A pirate revolution was only a hoax to resurrect himself. Wow. And begin life anew, resurrecting his giant ship fossilized in an island and using the fountain of youth to gain true immortality. Dun dun dun! So he doesn't give a crap, right? <laughs> He's a pirate! Yeah. Pirate! But he has some powers. He has a, a little bit of magic. Okay. It's a little bit of pirate, pirate voodoo, as they all do. Yeah. It's interesting. So Barbosa plays double agent, follows Blackbeard to the Bermuda Triangle, while some of the Black Pearl are allowed to leave. 
Jack Sparrow, we cut back to him. He's intoxicatingly depressed. He just has a blank stare on his face. He's just walking around. He doesn't know what to do anymore with himself. Mm-hmm. His, his lady died. Um, or he, he's like, I have to marry a bearded man now. <laughs> in con- and he's in constant shock, but escaped. So he's escaped and he's wandering away. Wanders aimlessly, truly destroyed and powerless to help. So, hearing of the freedom of Calypso, like, Blackbeard is like, you, you, you fr- freed Calypso? Why did you free Calypso? You know, ah, mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to get resurrected so I didn't have to deal with this again. Right, right, right. So Blackbeard makes his way to the Bermuda Triangle where Calypso sort of lives, that little area. And he's here to challenge her. He's like, I'm going to settle this once and for all. But throughout the course of the story, Barbosa develops a new outlook on piracy in its current state. As these events continue, Barbosa begins to change and calculate a plan that would lead to a stop to the power of the new Brethren Court in Blackbeard. So this is in the, in the almost last act, right? Leading them to the Bermuda Triangle, Blackbeard steps forth to challenge Calypso, while Barbosa's last strategy comes into play. And the end draws near as Blackbeard and Calypso clash, and the outcome obliterates both goddess and devils. They're, they're, that, that's our... That's... The very, very basic summary of what happens. Yeah. Jack, Barbosa, and their crew aid the fleets, the, good, the, 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 the Spanish and the English fleets, in the encircling and stopping the new Brethren Court. And in the midst of this, uh, Barbosa knew that Jack Sparrow would come back. Mm-hmm. And then Jack Sparrow comes back, and it's like this, whoa, yeah, Jack is back, and he's helping us. Yeah. And he does a cool plan, and everything gets, you know, it's, it's wacky and cool and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, he snaps out of it, as it were. Am I, Luke? You're listening. Are you there? Yep. And so, they win. Calypso and Blackbeard destroy each other. Uh, Emmanuel Teach is also found out that you know Blackbeard probably also says, "I never had any heirs." Ha ha ha! Right, right. And, and he's like, "Oh, I thought I was the, the main guy." And also, you know, they take him out, and it's over. So after nighttime around the uh, Fountain of Youth, the, the the surface, not the cave, but outside. It's all done. Uh, the Black Pearl helps the Spanish Navy and the and the the English Navy and everybody, and they're all just sitting around in the morning and clearing things out. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I suppose the ending there. I mean, it sounds a bit. I mean, we didn't really. It's not really solid. It's kind of a bit all over the place, really. Not really, but because I think the last thing I remember was that I thought the kind of the islands that they were searching were all in the Bermuda Triangle. And okay, we have well, we can you see that's the thing, like it, yeah, it's not a solid story, because, so we could because just I change thought the fight finale was at the Fountain of Youth when when we last, well, at least when I last helped out, it was all it was all well, supposed to take like happen there because well, Blackbeard could have been in doing his own thing and just fighting Calypso. Well, no, that would make, that would make any sense, that would that, that would make any sense. He he needs to all be right, right. It, the whole thing is to revive him, but they need to stop his revival before he can utilize the fountain of youth basically um right. and 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 so on i think i think the last bit with calypso was i think that was tagged on after afterwards because i don't yeah I don't, a, yeah I don't remember that um all right so and this is the end so it's morning they're just sitting around they help the they help the fleet and barbosa somehow also helped the fleet and he doesn't care about the ship anymore so Awaiting their fate, the Black Pearl sit amongst the rocky beach, and Barbosa gives Jack a heartfelt pep talk. The course of time, the immediate decline of piracy, as Jack finally sits up and 
throws his hat to the sea, an offering in remembrance of the girl and to the sea itself. Being pardoned by the Spaniards, so the Spanish captain guy goes, Hey, you're pardoned. We'll pretend this never happened. Yeah. You guys did a good job. You helped us. And you helped the English people. So you're off. You can go. Right? Being pardoned by the Spaniards, Barbosa reveals that his retirement... He's like, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. And he and Jack have this... And this is my favorite part, because this is where they finally agree with each other. And they stand up, and we have the, the music, the pirate victory build-up music, and Jack and Barbosa finally see eye to eye and since it's Barbosa's last time everyone's looking you know, all the crew are there and in the sunrise Barbosa and Jack just make the most epic yeah. handshake you've ever seen <laughs> because these two are at each other's necks but finally they make peace and their relationship is concluded and everybody's like in awe and they walk away dun, dun, dun. Yay. and what else can you wrap up except just go to a beach Jack has returned the Black Pearl. He gets his Black Pearl back and begins another venture after taking the retired Barbosa to a small town to begin life anew. And Barbosa's like, so what will you do now that it's all over? And, you know, pirates aren't going to be pirating around anymore, being adventurous. Well, you know, Jack threw his hat away and he just goes going to find a new hat and Barbosa's is like <laughs> go on get out of here and Jack gets to get his black pearl and see what happens in the future but Barbosa's done he's a happy man he got some money whatever some some booty and with that uh, all the stories are fitted together Jack is the pirate captain he always wanted to be. He'll sail on and see what the world has in store. Barbosa made peace with him and happily retires. Pirates might be dying, but Jack will keep on trucking after this adventure. That's the end of the movie. And there, that was that was kind of our original. Nice guys, nice. That was the original. Yeah, I quite, movie. I quite like it. I think, like I said, the only thing for me like is, is the. Um... Oh, there was a there was also a donkey stampede. That was cool. I, like that. <laughs> I don't remember that. Um, ah, it's yeah. cool. It's hilarious. The only, the only thing that I I think is slightly different. I think yeah, you added on that going back to being a triangle to fight Calypso because our I the last thing I remember was they all kind of go to the Fountain of Youth and the bad pirates, the Spanish Armada and, and the Black Pearl. There's this kind of there would have been an epic battle with these like. The ships with with the uh, Saint, well, whatever Blackbeard ship is called again, I can't remember. Um, while there's also stuff happening on land with the resurrection of Blackbeard, then it all would have yeah. come come to pieces there, which would have made more sense for the Spanish Armada to uh, pardon the Black Pearl and, and them had they actually helped out in that situation. Um, because if if they go, oh, okay, yeah, I see. Because I'm thinking if they yeah. go back to if they go back to the Bermuda Triangle for those two to battle off. There's nothing really for them to pardon. It doesn't really. That's the only thing that confuses me. Yeah, um, forget it. But yeah, no, I think oh, it was. I, it was. Um, sorry. But yeah, no, I liked it. I liked that whole. Mm. Yeah, man, I, I liked it. I mean, T- Jacob understood it. Yay! Why, as opposed to me not understanding? Well, anything? you know, X Men was a little bit difficult. X Men was a little hard. No, this I totally got. I like. Um, oh, but guess what? I forgot. Okay, there's. Right, I won't talk. Just there's go ahead, no, talk. no, wait, wait, wait. There's one talk cool thing. Me. Go for it. No, wait. There's one cool thing that I didn't even put into the summary. Which was that we wanted to bring back 
just as a joke, okay? So at the beginning, one of the pirates is like, how do we resurrect Bra- Blackbeard? Oh, I, we got these, we got these coins with the chest from Cortez. It's amazing. And he, one of the pirates brings that to the new brethren court, uh, Emmanuel Teach. And Emmanuel Teach is like, no, take that away. I've heard what happened with that, you know? Mm. No, the Cortez, the, 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 the coin pieces. And then in the end, what, what would have, I thought would have been fun was that once the good pirates, uh, you know, Barbosa's plan gets in, gets into gear, yeah, he reveals because the the moonlight shines from the from the pool on the, in the surface of the island of the Fountain of Youth, and Barbosa sort of goes over it, and he actually took one of the coins just for this part, just just for this moment, and he's like he's back as zombie Barbosa, and then. Manual Teach is like, oh, he's scared. He's like, oh. And then he sort of fights him with, a, like, you know, like as, as the... So a little bit of the trick from the first one. Yeah. I think that would have been a good callback. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. And then he puts it back, of course. He doesn't keep it. There, there's all kinds of little stories, like little, not stories, but little ideas that we added there, too. And I, I'm so tired. I don't feel like talking about what we did after the fourth movie. Yeah, I, I don't. Do rem- I f- don't remember any. I don't really remember anything about that. I remember vague stuff but, about trying know, to. Yeah, trying there's to a bunch make of story. I, yeah, I did storyboards and stuff but like that. Me, and there's a bunch of me, other. When the, when the actual fourth what? film, sorry, for me, when the actual fourth film came out, when Stranger Tides came out, and they had little <laughs> tiny elements of our story, very very minor ones. Um, when that came out, it was so bad that it actually killed all my enthusiasm. Any for- motivation for you, yeah, of um, course. Well, I, I couldn't physically go back to it. I remember we had a few, like, half-assed conversations, and I'm just like... Yeah, I remember me- that. I remember it was hilarious. We were. I was like, okay, so Barbosa now has the, 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 the Blackbeard ship from Yeah, and I'm Stranger like, dude, Tides. pirates are dead. Pirates are dead. <laughs> get over <laughs> it. No, no, the, yeah, what you, said, what you said was, like, you said something like, um, okay, so Barbosa just explodes in, in <laughs> midair, and then his, his, his ship explodes. The end. And, and Johnny Depp shoots himself in the face. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because, yeah, yeah that, everything they did with that just further cemented how... Uh, just how stupid they were going with the, the direction of the series. How well, it does thought, feel like it does feel like when they were how thoughtless. Yeah, it was, I guess it really felt like they were digging in the wrong wrong places. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize the movie here, even though we all know my, yeah. my thoughts on the film. Uh, but you I will must. say that yeah, I think it just makes you a little bit angrier to see the fourth movie. I think I'm you know everybody else says it's like it's a nothing movie. It is you know that's what I heard yeah. other people say about the fourth film. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's worse than that because it's like we know what a better story there could have been, and yeah. then we got we got something that you know wasn't that great. So um, so it's like as opposed to X Men, where we had a pretty good Sentinel story with X Men at least. At least Days of Future Past was still good. Yeah, it was um, made by you know they had elements of of our ideas as well and some really close stuff. But that at the same time they at least you know they yeah. did something good. We walked away thinking. I walked away thinking. You know what? I'm actually really glad they finally fixed it. Like someone was thinking, we need to fix this because this is terrible. Unlike pirates, they just kind of churn it out. Kind of what's happened so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know what to say about that, but. I won't go into the story that I was thinking of after four to make, you know, like what five would have been like with the knowledge that there was four. So what I did was I put this portfolio paper, this pitch booklet, and I separated it into two different parts. And the last part was 
talking about what what it could have been if we were able to make five instead of four. Mm. So when we were doing five, I was still, you know, I was a little still ambitious and I thought that maybe this will actually lead to even better ideas than what we thought we could, we had in the original fourth one. And so what I tried doing is I tried making the fifth and sixth, fifth, five or six or whatever to be an ending. Yeah, to be the swan song, to be the ending of the whole thing. And how do you make this ending sound you know, wholesome, and how do you give it a proper send-off? By unicorns. reflecting. Un- unicorns, but also, you know what, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a unicorn in the new movies. Tricorns. <gasps> Quadcorns. Quanticorns. And uh, what I did was, the best way to send off the pirate series is to reflect on its own success and its own impact into actual real-life uh, pop culture, mm. because that's kind of how it developed. Uh, and how it's perceived by the audience. And that's what I w- was thinking of for the last movie. And so for the last movie, the idea would be more about being forgotten, m- more about how you're leaving your mark in history, and how you, um, you know, how will you be remembered? You know? Yeah. And that, was, and that was going to be Jack Sparrow's sort of big uh, main character arc. Thought. that Yes, and thought and theme that we would go through through the entire plot of this one. So what I did was I kind of modified our fourth chapter and changed a few things. And I'd like to share a few little tidbits from this pitch booklet. That uh, so, so what happens in this is, on, in the booklet that I wrote, for the people who would actually want to read this and might be able to consider working and making this project reality, which, you know, in an alternate universe, an alternate 1985, would actually work. So what I did this for investors, a.k.a. the Disney company or producer or an executive producer or whoever is in a position in an above the line that could read this and be like, wow, these guys are amazing. I'm going to help. Yes, yes. So this is what what I wrote for because Stranger Tides just was coming out and this is 2011 and I was already giving up on life. No, giving up on (laughs) this movie. And uh, I just wanted to try again. Just one more time, you know, one last shot. Um. So, as I write this, on Stranger Tides is four months away from release, and to know for certain what will happen to the characters after this story is over is nigh impossible. With the knowledge that writing has most likely begun at the Disney camp for their version of Pirates 5, our hope is to, in traditional pirate fashion, intercept progress with the suggestion that our story heralds a new look. A bold vision that former writers from the previous four Pirates films probably didn't have the opportunity to explore. The idea behind the prospect is to hoist our flag into the air, to herald a more unique shift in story for the Pirates film series, as well as to be as humble as to say, raise me ship, me crew. It's our hope and confidence that this story and direction is one unforeseen, and therefore for the best. Better. In In conclusion, as one steers through the murky reed bed of this story in this pitch book, it is only knowledgeable to understand that anything within is subject to change. And that, I put change capitalized, not capitalized, but bigger, because that's the whole theme, to oh, change yes. and adapt to the turn of the century in this, for our characters and how I would like to change the, get the film finished. So at the beginning, we have a, there's a, a beginning for Pirates 5 that I was thinking of way back in 2011 before Stranger Tides was coming out. So it said four months until Stranger Tides comes out. So that was January. Mm-hmm. And uh, the beginning of this one was 100 years ago, witnessing how the Pirate King and in alliance with Davy Jones actually 
took Tiadama, not Tiadama, but Calypso, and bound her into human form. And it's dramatic and bittersweet because we know the backstory in Pirates 3. And I actually have that as an animatic, which mm. I did in I remember like, seeing that. It was cool. February 2011. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to link that. And uh, I just wanted to explain how this would have begun and why it was so important to begin it. Uh, because I think what I was trying to do with Pirates 5 and 6, uh, conceptually speaking, because I didn't get as far as how we did with 4, because 4, we actually really, we went like 70% into mm. almost getting a good story down. But for this 5 and 6, I had to rearrange it, and Luke was like, I give up! <laughs> I remember that. That was that was yep. fun. We were already, yeah. And um, so for 5 and 6, what we did was, I, I was mostly alone, and I tried making it uh, have a different feel than your average pirate's adventure story. And I wanted it to be more cerebral and uh, thinking inwards towards how you would you know, to have stronger themes. And it wouldn't be so much about the spectacle as much as it would be how the characters would be changing and how they would adapt and how um, it's okay to have to stop some things that aren't working in, you know, in your life. For example, for Jack, is that he can't be a pirate anymore. Yeah. Because it's over, you know? Mm -hmm. And how he starts from rejection to disbelief to um, uh, despondency to despair and then later on finds out that there is a cause worthy that's beyond what he believes is his own you know, identity as being a pirate, right? Mm-hmm. And instead, it's something greater than that. And that's what he stands up to at the end of the film in this movie, which is turns into a bittersweet kind of... Uh, thing where there's one bad pirate who loses everything. He starts. This was cool pirate. This wasn't. Um, this used to be Manual Teach mm-hmm. in four, but now he's cool pirate because there's no teach because they messed it up. They used that uh, in on Stranger Tides. We're changing that because I was trying to adapt it right mm-hmm. to, to go for a sequel. So, um, this cool pirate starts out really big with his ambition to overthrow the changing world, and then throughout the entire movie at some point near the end of the film he loses everything so he just becomes one last pirate because everybody is giving up but he's holding on to the old ideals and he's trying to push and revolutionize everything and to be back the way it was and jack sparrow on the other hand is a sad destitute guy what we what i tried doing is changing everything that you know about them you know about the series which is like Jack Sparrow gets his hair cut into some gears in an action scene in the middle of the movie, and then guess what? Gets a haircut. He can't keep it because it got ripped off uh, mm. of his head. And his bandana is not red anymore. It's gone, so he uses a makeshift uh, one from an old black and white pirate flag. You know what I mean? Mm. Stuff Underpants. like that. So, uh, you know, so we just see Jack just turning into this tortured yeah. soul at the end of the movie. But he on? stands up for doing something that is beyond looking out for himself. Yeah. And that sort of gives him a big arc and makes him a main character. And in the end, Bermuda Triangle, one-on-one, Jack Sparrow versus Cool Pirate, who are both sort of like the last two pirates, and they're just ha- they just have to sort of fight it. It sounds a little bit like Matrix Revolutions now that I'm thinking of it, but piracy versus because it's like oh the last people on one Neil. area. But yeah, 
and then that happens. And so we had Brian, and I thought of Brian Blessed could be in it as a, as a, not a pirate, but as a, you know, as a English Navy guard. And we wanted to bring, this was, this was in four as well. We wanted to bring back the one guy who said, um, who was always making these comments in Pirates 1 all the way through 3. We're like, that's got to be the greatest pirate I've ever seen. You remember that, Luke? I do. What we wanted him to be is, was a prominent character because we saw him in the background from all these films. And uh, he would actually um, help Jack in the end by, you know, overriding uh, what the fleet, what the English Navy wants to do, which is arrest Jack because of all the atrocities he's committed. But deep down, that guy who's now risen in power, he's now a Commodore, he's now, you know, really Commodore big and respected. Dickhead. Yeah, and he admires these pirates because throughout the entire time he's like that's the best pirate i've ever seen so we have someone who's actually a fan a huge fan and so throughout the entire movie there would have been a whole subplot where as the english people are trying to arrest jack he always bumps into jack and he's like oh jack sparrow uh, i we're gonna have to arrest you but uh, you're so cool you know what i mean yeah. like and and he doesn't have the will to pursue him because his admiration is a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. And so he always gets trapped and always gets foiled. And he's like in a net and everything after a fight scene. And he just looks on and he's like, there goes the best person I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like funny stuff like that. And in the end, he's able to give Jack Sparrow like a hand or the, the, the pirates, Barbosa, Jack Sparrow, all, those, you know, all the good pirates that we know, a hand in beating the bad guys at the end. So stuff like that. Um there was a skull as well. It was still there, but it was all kind of more bleak, and it was and it felt a little bit more like the party's over. So that's what I wanted the movie to feel like. And you can see there's these two logos that might be showing up and uh, on 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 links somewhere and stuff like that. But not only that, Luke. I don't know if you if you if I ever told you this, but I was thinking because Netflix was getting more prominent. This was 2011, yeah, uh, 2010. <clears throat> so they had TV was coming back and it was a it was getting a lot bigger, uh, more cinematic. You could argue. Um, well, then uh, I always thought that why doesn't Disney uh, do like a tie-in where we can actually make a little mini series, like maybe five episodes that run for ten minutes, called Tales of the Caribbean. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it was all about storytelling, and I I always thought that it would be really cool to have. Uh, scenario of different people telling different stories about Jack Sparrow and uh, many people might get things wrong and sometimes these stories that we dramatize so like you know the framing of the of each episode would be like come here children let's let, but yeah, no, no I'm just thinking of Spongebob and that's then that pirate ready, played kids? by the voice actor <laughs> yeah no I didn't want that it was like at one story would be like English uh, Navy people who are waiting outside. You know, they have to guard a place and it's dark and it's nighttime. They have the night shift and they just come around like, you know about that Jack Sparrow? I've heard legends of him. And then they start and then we talk yeah. and, and then we Transition. present their story. And their story can sometimes be really silly because they don't have the facts. And so we can do this but sea turtles thing. that didn't happen, daddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there would be one episode where... Like someone is like, "Come here, children. Let us talk about Jack Sparrow." Mm-hmm. And uh, one time he was he, in the he, he keeps, mob. Yeah, and he talks about it, and then old man Gibbs comes in and says, "That's not how it was," you know, stuff like that. And yeah. I thought that would be really interesting because it's back into tying in with the storytelling aspect. He escaped you know, the island using 
Water skis. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it was this jet skis. You're right. I like the <laughs> idea. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's cool. cool. And it'd be cool. Did can you mention this? Yeah. That, um, would have been a cool kind of internet. Yeah. Based um, platform, YouTube. That's uh, right. That would be cool because then you can actually watch it online as a sort of precursor yep. to the movie and it'd be exclusive content. There you go. So it wouldn't be any kind of trailer rehash. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Filth. God. Yeah, filth. <laughs> and then uh, there was also promos and promotions that we did. Was I made this really great logo. You mentioned logo. some promos. What yeah. kind of promos um, Well, you know, we the skull here? poster was always a big, big thing. Um after the fourth one, I was upset because the fourth one made this chrome skull that had no thematic uh, relationship between anything that was happening on that that poster and in the movie. You could argue that the chrome is for being immortal, but no one actually was immortal or turned immortal in that movie to begin with, so it didn't make know, any right? sense. And I was also wondering for the for no, the that girl fourth did. Movie, the girl did. What's her face? Didn't you know, she go? Didn't he give did her she? the water? Did he? I think I so. Whatever her name is. So so she's immortal, right? So she's going to be living forever. Forever. So they can make a spin-off TV series where she's living in the modern world. You're kidding, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and she joins the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, and also I didn't understand why the swords were back because there's always these cross, uh, crossed, you know, things. Um behind the skull for every poster. The first one was, of course, the classic uh, Skull and Crossbones with Kalika Jack, which was another story idea we had, but I didn't mm -hmm. really develop much. And then the second one had torches because of the Cannibal Island, and so that made a lot of sense. Third one had bones, which felt like, oh, it was coming to a close. We're going back into a circle. It's, it's Skull and Crossbones. It's over. Which was what we always thought with the third film. But then the fourth film came out, and before the fourth film, I was thinking... Hey, what can we put in the back of our poster? Well, of course, we have a skull that's a prominent figure in our film as a character this time. Yeah. Um, and it has it's black, it's charred black, and has uh, markings inside it, which are red and glowing. And the movie, most of it is has to do with uh, moving on and, and re reaching modern times, as it were, you know, back in those days. And... What else would you put but guns? Mm. Yeah. And then I, that got me thinking, you could put some guns in the new Pirates, like the last one, because there's more of that... Pellet-pumping yeah, guns. and cannons and cleaner clothes and less swords, because that's how the that's world the is changing. changing. And that's how the yeah. logos reflected that. And I had a bunch of... Uh, like posters I made. I don't know if I'm going to show those, but maybe I could. And there's this great banner that I made. Uh, and uh, my tagline for the logo for this last was movie it? was because this was going to be part of the whole theme. It was supposed to be like a quote. So okay. it's in quotes and it says, and then the devil said, piracy Jack is dead. Hmm. And it was might, and it might show up in the movie as well. You know what I mean? Like, I hope I'm giving off this feeling that it's not just your regular old whoa 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 yeah, bloody pirates episode. it's always yeah. a pirate's life for me um, yeah. because it's all be over a pirate. yes you will Jack <laughs> <laughs> what does and then, that mean and then at the end you're like you wouldn't steal a handbag you wouldn't steal a TV <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> piracy <laughs> is <laughs> a crime <laughs> yep. and then 
Uh, then the other tagline <laughs> underneath, it says, Pirates of the Caribbean. I didn't make up a, a subtitle because... I okay, well, it's okay. Pirates of the Caribbean. And it said, Rise Against the Tide. Hmm, that's... It's my jab at the fourth film. Oh, I Stranger see. Kind Tides. Of like a little yeah. connection there. Yeah, but it's also Rising Against the Tide because Jack Sparrow is trying to rise against the tide, and so is the bad guy trying the to rise against the tide. blah 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 okay. And one of these short films would have I was actually watching and I think this is perfect for like this Disney style that people would like and on YouTube and stuff like that there was this little story part of the Tales of the Caribbean show that I was thinking of um, that we would have a whole episode of like for example you could have a whole story with what how Jack Sparrow got into that prison at the beginning of the second film mm. Yep. Yeah, where they like show the trailer and it's like, oh, there's this tra- there's this prison and then you watch the film and it's like, oh, that was pointless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's also um, uh, one where Jack Sparrow gets captured by some guards and this would have been actually a test for us to shoot, like see if we can make a smaller uh, production team. And I was thinking that would have been... Like I was just thinking in my mind, you know, in fantasy land, if... I was going to be directing the film and we could start this as a test bed for fantasy how land. we can film, you know? Hmm? For, you know, this is me thinking fan, in fantasy land how oh, yeah, yeah, if yeah. I would get hired and then we we would make a little test bed shoot with uh, with Durndep and a couple of other people just to do like something really short, really yeah. small and see how audiences react to it and see if we can do that. So the idea was, and this was kind of fun because I think this should be we should like i wish bigger studios could encourage something like this which i feel like is kind of fun to do so you make something like that that's short and it's jack sparrow just uh it's a uh just sort of uh getting transported to a prison and he's wait and then these two guards are there and then he's waiting outside that prison and it, uh, well maybe it's not a prison i don't know what it is some some kind of building and then he sees this girl that is using that is stacking cups Mm-hmm. And so he sort of gets curious about this, and this little girl, because uh, I was watching these cup stacker videos, videos <laughs> in 2010 or something, and I thought she was doing a really good job. And I said, "Why don't we just get her to do these cool cup tricks?" Why not? And and Jack Sparrow could be trying; she would be act, asking him to, you know, trying to get it, get him to guess where the ball is. You know, the the old in what cup is the ball sort of thing. Hmm. And uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but I thought that was, and I think like you can just get, you can just get people from different backgrounds that aren't necessarily actors and that are just coming from the internet or something like that. And you can just make something small like that. And as long as the title with this prison one is Jack is the new black, then that's, (laughs) that's good. I like that title. (laughs) And one and one and another tagline was "Welcome to a fading world," and it says "Pirates of the one. Caribbean," and it says that in the logo of the original ride, because we're going back to the that end, and then, 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 okay, and then it's over with, uh, and then it's over with. Born. The girl story was still there, and the only thing that I really changed for the most part was that we were that the theme of being forgotten and you know and uh, keeping a legacy which I thought was super appropriate because it felt like we could make the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah, you're ending the series. And we wanted to make it feel like the way you're going to remember this is to is through storytelling. And that's the perfect thing because Pirates is all about stories and storybooks. And, Definitely. And that's how like Jack Sparrow's legend will go on that way. So the idea for the, the fifth movie that I was just 
modifying for a fifth one, which I have in a bunch of pages as well on this pitch book for the, you know, for five, is that uh, the pirates are faced by, you know, uh, the the end of the era of pirating because it is the late 1700s, almost the 1800s. So there's industrial evolution going on. And so we had Emmanuel Teach, who can't be Emmanuel Teach anymore. He had to be Cool Pirate again. Mm. And Cool Pirate uh, would be trying to go against this even more. And Jack Sparrow would be like, ah, oh, I, I, you know, I, I'm so disgusted that there's no more piracy yeah. and stuff. And so there has, so the idea was for them to have a last adventure and it would be, at the end, would just be Cool Pirate versus Jack Sparrow, who are the two last true pirates. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it would have gone down to that. It would be bittersweet and it would be sad. It would be kind of like, but it ends, you know? And I found this, and and in the end of that film, it would still have uh, a lot of fantastical elements, like a giant crab and so on and so forth. Uh you guys still following me? Is it yeah, good? Totally. totally. Yep, yep, yep. And it would bring back, and it would bring back Will Turner as the keeper of the dead again, mm-hmm. but just in one scene where he gives Jack a lesson. He says, "You have to remember about what piracy is about." Blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? Just, and there's this great image I p- painted a picture of with all these dead uh, pirates coming back to tell Jack, you know, you should, you know, just fight one more time in case you wanted to be remembered as the last pirate. At the end, it would have been just two, just a one-on-one with Jack actually taking responsibility and being serious for a change mm-hmm. and having the weight of all the last pirates on his shoulders and fighting Teach, or in this case, Cool Pirate, over who was right or something like that. That was, that was pretty much what I wanted 5 to be if we would have done something after 4. And the reason why, because at the end was... That I wanted to have a nice epilogue where we where we see little kids in the dock like 20, 30 years later mm-hmm. and they're playing games around a, a statue, a wooden statue of Jack Sparrow, which gets revealed later on at the end. And uh, and these kids would be playing the adventures of Jack Sparrow. Oh, I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then there's like a mom who sort of says, OK, stop that now. You have to do your schoolwork and all that kind of thing. Not modern times, you know. I'm talking about like modern 1800 yeah. sort of thing, it, 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 you know. And there's this old man who buys something from someone who's looking at those kids, and then he talks to the to the to the guy in the market, you know. And he's like, "Well, you know, those stories will they ever die or whatever like that?" And then, of course, we reveal that the guy who just bought something was actually old man Jack Sparrow, uh. and it's like, oh. And that's <laughs> that'd it, pretty you know? good. That'd be pretty good. And at the end, there would have been a nice little, you know, a nice little just speech with voiceover, with Barbosa saying, "I actually wrote it down. You want to hear? It? You want to hear yep. how cool it is? You want to hear how cool the the voiceover would have been at the end with the and then with as the camera moves all the way up to see the the wooden statue of Jack Sparrow who actually defended the town." Which was oh, that was a story for the fifth one where he sort of just defended this town from Teach. I mean, cool pirate. I keep messing that one up. You know, mm-hmm. he defended, and and that's why he gets remembered. You know, not necessarily for being a pirate, but being a defender of a town. You know, and I thought that would be great because it would just be like the legend of Jack Sparrow, and every, but everybody's gonna know about his deeds, you know, through storytelling yeah. and stuff like that later on, and that's how you become, you know, a, 
the pirate, you know? And I thought that'd be a great ending because we all feel like Jack Sparrow is an icon now in real life because everybody knows about him and knows about the face and everything. He's all around the place. So yep. I thought that would be the best send-off. So here's, ah, uh, yes, here's my awesome line that I wrote at the end. Okay. So this would be at the end before the credits roll. We just had, we just, the camera just oh, pushed. the fourth one or the fifth one. Fifth one. And, or it could be the fourth one. It's interchangeable. It's just Barbosa going, as time changes, we change with it. We will always have to adapt to transform ourselves to survive. It's the very few that go against the tide. And even less that face death to uphold what they live for. I knew a good man by the name of Jack Sparrow. Because of that, he was the greatest, but also the last true Captain of the Pirates of the Caribbean. And then it pushes all the way up to the the wooden statue of Jack Sparrow. And we could have done a completely different orchestration for that. And then we would have had credits, which would be like Predator. At the end of Predator, you know how everybody's like bowing or something? And we show all the characters from all the old movies. And we're done. Pirates of the Caribbean. Woo! It's the end. So, these were all things that could have happened. I put all this in a pitch with storyboards and animatics. And it was all in a nice, big case, like an old pirate-looking case with also uh, with also weathered fake uh, notices from the from the time, like the Bermuda Gazette, which was a real magazine back then, and yeah. it would be telling people about news. And I made a fake version of that, and a fake version of a personal notice from some kind of character, which could have happened in the film, the the one that we were talking about. And it was really nice. It looked really cool, like of the time, you know, like like. And I, and I was sending this to a person, and I thought, who would be the most uh, likely likely person to not care about the rules so much luke yep <laughs> you know, i remember and at the time at the time this look this sounded like a good idea it was a good idea at the time man so this is in 2011 it was like we were about to leave the states and stuff and i thought why not we'll just take this cool looking chest with all this the dvd and the the booklet and everything it's nicely designed so this is the thing johnny depp has a sister and i could not resist her I tried no. to kiss her, but I missed her. And that's how I met Johnny. Hey! No, I'm just kidding. His sister actually runs their production company. They have a production company. So I thought, that might have been the best idea. So I sent it to their production company. And I heard back, oh yeah, I did. No, I'm just kidding, I didn't. No. <laughs> Not a peep. Not Nothing. even like this is unsolicited. No, that would have been nice. I would have liked that. Just like, yeah. yeah. That's okay. I mean, I can show you photos. I really liked the way I set that up. It's kind of cool. That was cool. And of course, you know, Luke was mentioned there as well. Absolutely. Everything. It's all good stuff. So, Luke, what do you think? What? What? And oh, there's also a bunch of posters that I made as well, and I tried True. to hearken back to. Yeah, I think you should attach uh, some of the Ryan. stuff you put because I liked a lot of you did, some of the cool concept pictures you did were really fun. Thanks. I, I will um, definitely attach those. Um, and I, if you can put the video on there, I say put the video on there as well. Yeah, uh, why not? We did I, for X Men, so we'll story. do it for this one. I. I think that the general idea was it was annoying because we kept chipping at it, and then when they announced the fourth film, we kind yeah. of, I kind of stopped and 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 so on. Um, That's okay, but you know what? I have to say I don't regret doing. Blech. I don't no, regret, regret doing this because it was good practice. Yeah, I don't regret doing this. I don't regret doing X Men because 
I think it was, yeah, again, it, it was really good practice and made me think a lot about, because of the stuff that we did with this, anytime I approach a new story, I always think about the plot. I think about how do I get from, you know, point A to point D and, you know, fill in those gaps. How can I fill in those gaps, you know? Um, yeah, totally. And what what makes it fun? What works? What doesn't work? Um, so I think I think doing that was was a lot of really good practice because it wasn't just here's Jack, here's Blackbeard. They want to resurrect. And they're just him. going woo loo loo woo Yeah, it's like no. Here's here's the first act. Here's a second act. Here's a third act. Which when I write any of my books or or, or short stories, it's always I always write it in three acts. Basically, I'm like, okay, that's, yeah, that's part the, one is this, standard. part two is this, part three is this. Um, and then each of those parts will have multiple chapters or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, so I think doing this was a lot of fun, a lot of good practice for, for myself as well, which was a lot of fun. And it's just, it's just you know, obviously it, was the, it would have been awesome if it yeah. ever would have been made. But, but I, I kind of knew that it was a long shot anyway. It would just, you know. Oh, of course. There would have to be some serious stars al- aligning for, for, that to, oh, for yeah. that to go on. But that doesn't mean that in the future there might not be something. Um, no, who knows? Because it could be, you know, you know, always transformative. Always, always pressing on to find new things. I mean, the, at the rate yeah, that man. things are rebooted. that's true. There you go. There you go. Oh God, no, I, I, uh, but I would, I wouldn't do that. I don't think I would ever approach this again. I don't think. No, I think I'd just no, leave it at this. It's and, over. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You know when the next one's coming out? Say again. You, you you know it's a you know the next movie's coming out in is it when is it two years. 18 or something 17 is it 17 thing is it's mental it's so bloody far away like they're filming they're I filming know. it now and they're well, not yeah, what, yeah. i think they finished the, filming it like why is there a, a year and a half wait because they have all these other movies lined up what like the marvels and stuff like that the marvels and the, I suppose the that's, that's, that is one thing that's going to really apprehend disney because it's like they're gonna. They're gonna. Yeah, end they have up, too much now. They're gonna be competing with themselves now. <laughs> like they yeah. have their Marvel, their Star Wars franchise, and whatever other you know Pixar franchise and whatever else. And it's like yeah. you know, are they gonna have a Star Wars and Avengers film and a Toy Story and a Pirates film all come out in the same year? I mean, it's just I don't. Yeah, sounds ludicrous. It does, doesn't it? What are we gonna do? But um. Yeah, I don't have any idea. I think good, I think yeah. the, I think the new Pirates film is supposed to bring back Will. Um, yeah, which yeah. you know I, I suppose. Well, look, here's the thing though: it's directed by these two uh, directors who did Contiki, which was a pretty good movie. I liked it. I mm-hmm. liked watching it. I liked the fact that it didn't have any conflict, and it was really it was a nice look, it was a nice watch. It was well if, done. If these but, guys come in I, and do something that's entertaining and can attempt to revitalize the franchise, then rock on. Um, right. Personally, for me, I can't guarantee that I'll even go and see it in cinemas. Um, oh no, no! Like I, I don't really, I can't watch these things in cinemas. I'm like, afraid. yeah, I just kind of feel that I'm not. I'm not watching. I, like, I'm not watching Batman v Superman in theaters either. Yeah. No, I, 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 I can't doubt. do it. I can't do it, man. I, I don't think I'll see that in cinemas either. I, I don't want to. I don't really want to give them my money, to be honest. I'd rather just wait for it to be on like Netflix and watch it that way. It's weird. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not a big DC fan anyway. Well, I'm not a big Zack Snyder yeah. fan, and that's that's the main problem with it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, back to Pirates. I wanted no, to say the fifth one. It seems like it's gonna be in Australia or something. David Wenham is playing Poseidon or something like that. Whoa. Poseidon. Oh, no, 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 no. 
Yeah, there's Poseidon in this movie, I think. Oh, jeez. I think that's a that's as far that's a giant megalodon they're jumping over. Wow, Poseidon. I'm just saying, I I don't know. I I don't like compared like I like you know, I like characters and stories with characters. That's the thing. Like with with pirates. <laughs> so now now I'm already put off because it's like Calypso was Yeah, of course you're put off. There's Calypso no, there's was no a sea goddess. You didn't need if you had more gods into it, it becomes Oh, it becomes uh, that movie that's coming out in January. Oh, Gods, uh, of, Gods Egypt of Egypt or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Woo! By doing that, by doing that, it kind of where where, where pirates is as fantastic as it is, you could kind of you could kind of believe in the in in the folklore of it. But now, if you have a film that's like, oh, here's him versus Calypso goddess. Here's him versus you know uh, Poseidon. Well, that's what I was saying though. With the second and third film, they already started to go way too far because yeah. in the first one, we believed in this little magical element. We're like, oh, that's cool. We you liked know, it. We'll yeah. go for it. And it finished. Yeah. It was fine. It was grounded somehow. Mm-hmm. And the second and third one had mini jacks on his shoulders, you know. <laughs> and I think when you when you do that kind of stuff, then suddenly you're going, okay, what's this all about, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I see the logo for the new one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I like I like the logo we made. I mean, yeah. I made. It's pretty cool. I'll, po- I'll post it up, too. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Neato Cheeto. Also, so the the plot for the next one is uh, Jack Sparrow searches for the trident of Poseidon. Woo! Oh my God! Okay, I'm already turned off, so never mind. Oh I... yeah, Jack Sparrow finds the winds of ill fortune blowing even more strongly when deadly ghost pirates, led by his old nemesis, the terrifying Captain Salazar, escapes from the Devil's Captain Triangle. Who? Captain who? Salazar. Who his old nemesis, Captain Salazar. So they just made up a nemesis. <laughs> That is his old nemesis, Captain Salazar. They escaped the Devil's Triangle, determined to kill every pirate at sea, including so, him. So, what, the Bermuda, the Bermuda Triangle? What are they, like, what is this? Yeah. Captain, ja- Captain Jack's only hope for survival lies in seeking out the legendary Trident of Poseidon. Why? A powerful artifact that bestows upon his possession total control over the seas. But oh, I th- mama. I can't wait, Jacob. But I thought that's what, that's what Calypso was supposed to do. She's the one who controls the seas. Shut up, Luke. That's, whole point, of, that's the whole point of Davy Jones. That was, oh my God! Anyway, <laughs> it's going to be a soft reboot, guys. What the heck? And how? Well, how? How is? How is Will Turner going to fit into this? He's just going to hang out and chill because he's supposed to know. ferry the souls. Well, here it says. Ugh. It says here. Quote from uh, Orlando Bloom. We're not making fun of this, by the way. No, there's <laughs> a quote from Orlando Bloom. I'm of course Davy Jones now, so I'm down at the bottom of the ocean. Oh yeah, he said he was gonna be tentacly. Might be kind of fun to do something where I'm roaming. But why would he be tentacly? Because I won't look anything like me. Gestures to face get all gnarly. But why? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Because when he... the, the, behind, the, 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 the credit scene of Pirates Three, he comes back and he's all Backstreet Boy. Yeah, come, he's, come, a, he's come supposed to, see his, to come kept to the see faith. His kid. That's the whole point. That's why you don't turn into Tentacle Man. Davy yeah. Jones turns yeah, into tentacle man because yeah. he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Why do we know more about the lore of this than the people making the films? And we don't even like. I'm not a big fan of pirates in, to begin with. Like that's the strangest thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like I to mean, me, the no. movies. It's. I just did this so I could see my cousin in a that pirate movie. That bugs the bejesus <laughs> out of me. Oh, uh, it's gosh. okay. But you know, no, no ill feelings here. We'll see how that turns out. Um, the only thing I'm hoping is that we can film. Tell you now, fifty-eight uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, place your bets, sir. Place your bets. I'm not participating. No, <laughs> I would love. I'll be a, generous I would, with I would the lo- sixty. I would love a two percent. It'll it'll get it'll get money. It'll get decent ratings. Two <laughs> percent. That's like two percent is like Manos hands of fate. I know, right? There. 
Yeah. It'll get something because it'll be Johnny Depp and kids will go and see it. And that's, that's, I remember when the third film was coming out and all the press releases, it was all focused on all the parents bringing their kids and the kids just loving watching the ships in the ocean. Um, which I guess goes to show that it's not really about the story. It's just about the visuals no, for the kids. No. Which is well. Yep, remember, remember that one guy. Talk about it, Jacob. Yes. So I remember this is a perfect opportunity to mention it. Me and Phil sometimes watch the this channel on YouTube called the Japan Channel, where this Australian guy lives in Japan and he makes little videos of various elements and oh, things yeah. that you can find in Japan. And I remember what was funny was that this is the perfect example of people's perception, perception yeah. of the new pirates. Mm. And he went to watch Pirates Four, and he said. I went to see the uh, the Jack Sparrow film, the Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, and that was it. That's what he called it. And he, he said, "This is great." He Jack. great. Johnny Depp's doing some funny stuff. Yep, and it's just so perfect because that is what yeah. that is what audiences are. You know, it's not Pirates of the Caribbean. It's just Johnny Jack Depp. Sparrow movie, Jack, yep. the Johnny Depp thing. Yeah, the Johnny Depp vessel. Where where when you go to Australia and you bring your dogs, you get paid a huge fine, and then you have to send them back. All right. Nonsense. Do you remember that part? You I do that? remember that. Nonsense. 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 Bit of, okay, so bit I of think. A shame. Yes, sir. I was just a bit, a bit of a shame. I've, I don't, I don't have any hope now. I haven't looked up anything. But after, now after you guys telling me that, I think this will be another pile of pile of dog manure. <laughs> the ones that were left over from yep. Australia. Yep. Yeah. It'll be the dog with the keys. It'll be his pile of shit. Oh, that, <laughs> that's funny. That that's funny because like I remember. The the first Pirates movie that was actually a great double joke though like um it had a double meaning yeah because uh, again where, again where sorry they're... I've got to say this I got to say this because again the 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 Pirates three yeah when did that come out two thousand seven yeah okay if he comes back, if Will comes back ten years later ten years later it's two oh. it's, he's 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 human so if this film is yes. taking place linear linear in a in a linear that way straight line way time frame. Then he shouldn't That's be right. authentically. No, God. he shouldn't. God, come uh, on. You know, but you will find the out he did something is, wrong. If, if yeah. people, did, if people, if people did this kind of stuff when they write like books or novels or comic books, they would oh. get such terrible reviews. But when people do it in films, they just neglect huge plot points. Audience and reviewers. Don't give a crap. Like, oh, it's just a soft true, reboot. True. Oh, it's just this. Oh, it's like, no, it's not just, oh, this. Ah, there it's you like, go. Good it's point. It's a vital part of storytelling that you keep things intact unless you're completely starting over and this isn't starting over. So yeah, you I shouldn't mean. be fighting Poseidon. You shouldn't be all tentacly faced. It shouldn't. Oh, God. I think soft reboot is like the worst word. I like, hate it even, as well. even a regular reboot is like, a reboot is like usually ends up. Like being bad, but did, it's like okay, do the reboot. But do don't you guys do, a soft do you guys follow Den of That's Geek? the worst. No. Okay, they had this article on their website. I didn't read it. It just they just the, the headline came up um, that said okay. the, they said the new Gremlins film is oh, yeah. um, not a reboot nor a remake. And so I commented and I said, so it's a sequel. Like obviously, like you know, it's it's not a reboot, it's not a remake, so it's obviously a sequel. Like, why are you? Why they're trying every- to do it? I think th- what? they're. I think they're doing what Terminator Genesis oh, was no. doing. You know how it's like brings back old characters and stuff, but then branches off to a new plot. With- see, I think I think it's the message because they want that. It the is messiest, messiest, their cake it's still a sequel. It. It's still a sequel. You know, it's making it's- the cake, wanting to eat it. Yeah. Yes. 
They want their cake, but they want to eat it. It's ridiculous. That just drives me mad. Um, I think Jack Sparrow's son is going to be the next one. Perfect. Awesome. Have a whole bunch of family. Jack Sparrow's family. That's oh, my yeah. wife. <laughs> <laughs> and they're in, hillbillies. In the last 10 years, I've popped out a couple of kids. Here's Jackette. Yeah. And here's Jackie. Jack Jr. Yeah, they'll, Jack have, Jr. they'll have mustaches and beards. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. I love it. Little pirates are here. He'll have, he'll, he'll have What's a rebellious the budget? daughter million. that he, he doesn't want to be a pirate, but she just can't resist following in her daddy's footsteps. Yes. Yes. Dude, you I love nailed it. it. Mm. Like, be back by 10 o'clock, and you know, she doesn't, ah, she's going on an adventure with the fine then Patricia. Then he's got to go, uh, yeah, he's gotta this go is find so good, his, Jacob. His you're you're, you're, you're feeding the fire. It's beautiful. <laughs> and then, he, yeah, yeah. And his wife slaps him. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Like in Tortuga. And then, he, and then he goes, why is all the rum gone? Yeah. And he's like, you know what's funny? And she's like, in, you don't get your movie. rum until you bring our daughter home. And then he's like, uh, oh, yes. Come on, come on, Gibbs. We got to go find Jackie. Uh, like, are you going out with? Hey Jack, are you going with Gibbs again? <laughs> the boy's not out, huh? Don't I don't want you sailing any ships far away. He's like, oh, don't worry, love, we won't. <laughs> and he goes and sails a ship. You see, it in and, my movie, oh, oh, like, and movie Gibbs, Gibbs, you see, will have a son, and those two can have a love interest. <sighs> yeah, that's good. Oh. I like that. He's like, I'm not we'll sure be, about we'll be this. Brother, we'll be we'll be brothers-in-law. They'll be like, yeah. they'll be like, oh, just like our dads, they were pirates. Let's go be pirates. To, Luke, I think you're onto something. We have got to start like writing another step pirate story. And then, and then the Will's curse is lifted. Yeah. Huh? There yeah, you go. Yeah. Lifted, he's cool. He's back with Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth. But Will shouldn't be no! cursed. Oh, Tragedy. God. Oh, my God. Everything's great. Cursed Liz, he's, great, back. he's a backsmith, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? I think, I, think, I think we're done. I think we're done with this podcast. Tim returns. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's all I have five, to six, say. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Can we do a trilogy? Yeah, let's do a Let's do six Quint- movies. Quintilogy. Like let's let's do it now. Let's do we're a trilogy of to six. the world. That yes, we're gonna make like Star Wars, films. right? Yeah, we're gonna go year by year, every year. We're gonna promise to the world six films. We're gonna make them, but we're gonna stop at two. So it's gonna be fine. <laughs> That's <laughs> by then everyone will forget. That's good. <laughs> oh, I gotta tell you this story. I, lo- I love me some soft. Uh, What's the subtitle? The new pirates we're gonna make. That's gonna happen. Dead it's men awesome tell one. no tales. Not this one. The real one we're gonna make. That they're gonna make. Oh, they should make. They should make. Oh, dead men tell more tales. It could be like Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, well, that's what know, look. The, the next affair. one's called Dead. Uh, oh, that sounds <laughs> kind of. That's not, that's, not gonna, that's not going to fly in these states. How about like um, Pirates of the Caribbean? Um, a race to the finish. You know? mm. Fun for the whole family. Race to which mountain? Yeah, just like a fun for the whole <gasps> crossovers. Family. Tron and pirates. No, uh, National Treasure. We can get Nicholas Cage, and he'll be like, excavating the the, 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 the Black Pearl, and he'll be like, "This is the Black Pearl." No, Jack Sparrow, and he goes back in time. Let yeah. me tell you a story. Yeah. An ancient, an ancient, what I'm talking about. Yeah. 200 years ago, a man named Jack. This country, yeah. this country was amazing. Our forefathers <laughs> died for it. I loved it. No, loved no, it. like we find out that George Washington met Jack Sparrow. We have all backstory. It's great. Oh, mm. it's like Forrest Gump, but in the 1700s. Basically. Yeah, it's good. Oh okay, my anyway. gosh. Okay, I gotta tell you this quick story. Um, it was my birthday the other day, yeah? Um, and yep. at work, obviously. Oh, yes, that's right. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Um, at work, they, you know, kind of do these forced kind of, oh, happy birthday. We're so happy that you're another year older. Here's a here's a gift and here's a bit of cake. Um, I share my birthday. Good. I, like I share my birthday with my director as well. Um, so it's kind of like a double whammy. Um, and they, you know... It, the tradition is that, you know, everyone chips in about five quid and, and they'll get everyone, they'll get someone a gift. Um, That's cool. So obviously because I share my birthday now, the 
despite people, whatever they chucked in, obviously it has to be divided in between two people now. So that's great. Um, not that I'm complaining, but they give me this gift, yeah. And you gotta remember, like, you know, everyone knows that I hate 3D stuff. Everyone knows I don't like any of that kind of thing. Um, I'm relatively tech savvy, not massively. Um, but I don't play games on my phone. I don't do anything on my phone apart from, you know, WhatsApp and, you know, searching the internet and all that kind of stuff. I don't do games yeah. or because I don't have you time use it for as a it. utility. Um, so they pre they they give me this gift i i'd been in hamley's toy store with one of my colleagues um and we'd seen this device where it's a visor you put your phone into it um and you can explore quote-unquote 3d worlds um so i i looked at the visor when we were there because they, they were like making people try it on and and my colleague was the one who pointed out first like oh let's look at it so we looked at it i put the visor on and like it was like you're in outer space and if you look left if you look right up and down you see different things um you know which whatever i mean i don't know what entertainment someone could get from sitting with the visor on um because you obviously can't walk around with it because you'll you know walk into a yeah are we talking about like is this like a gimmicky thing or is it an actual like it's an actual it's an actual thing you can put it in and you can look at 3d worlds and stuff like that or you can watch 3d films that are on your phone are you talking about are you talking about like the gear vr like this new new stuff stuff that's coming out kind of yeah 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 kind of um i'll see if i can find a link for it but it was at hamley's and it was a it was a it was a uh uh, 3D visor kind of thing. If you Google that, it'll probably come up. Um, Here, look. And so, go ahead. Anyway, so I we looked at that and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's cool. And then obviously went and looked at other things that I was like, oh, that's even much cooler. Because um, I was kind of kind of humoring them at first. Because um, you know when like someone's like, oh, this is awesome, and you're like, yeah, that's that's real cool. Um, even though it's yeah. you know, even though it's kind of you know not cool. Um, I'm just pulling up the link now that you sent. Yeah, basically the exact same thing as that. Um, okay. But kind of a cheapish, cheaper version of that. Okay, so not like a top-notch, like, yeah, real stuff. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, gotcha. Um, so anyway, birthday comes around. They give, you know, they give you your gift. Well, I open it up, and that's what they've given me. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like, at no point have I ever expressed <laughs> no. interest in anything like this in my entire life. And... You know, for the last two years that I've worked with this company, you know, they know that they know that I'm a writer. You know, they know that I'm into, you know, historical stuff and London stuff and yada, yada, yada. Um, so I was just like mesmerized that I was like looking down at this thing. I was like, what the heck am I going to do with this? So, you know, what I did this last weekend. No. Janice, Janice and I went to town. Um, I took it with me and I went back to Hamley's and I was like, yeah. My colleagues gave this to me as a gift, and I really don't oh. like it. Can I please exchange it? <laughs> oh man! And they let me exchange it, so I was like, "There we go, there That's we awesome. go." So I exchanged Woo! it. I exchanged it for a little mini speaker. So I was like, "Whatever," because I could. Oh, that was the other thing is you could only exchange it for items within this like square, this very small bit that didn't have a lot of stuff. So I got a little mini oh, speaker. Weird. I know it was really weird. I got a mini speaker, and then I got a Batman Batarang keychain. That has like a bottle opener and a screwdriver in it built into it. And I was like, <laughs> that's much better than a virtual reality visor that I would never, ever, oh, man. ever, ever use. Well, you'll know, remember this birthday. I know, right? Note to, note to self, just get people a gift card. Yeah. Dude, gift cards are like good stuff. We have to do that, actually. It's, it's, it's safe, you know, it's safe. 
Because the funny thing is, is, when they when they gave it to me, other people were like, "So what is it?" I'm like, "I don't really know. What can you do with it?" <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not really sure. Totally. I think you can maybe see 3D things on it, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> so did did you try it? No, I didn't. I didn't okay. want to put it on. I didn't want to take it out of the <laughs> yeah, box yeah, because yeah. I wanted to return it. Yeah, it's okay. It. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. Um, well, uh, the only thing I can say is that uh, our good friend Mackenzie Crook, actually, he's not our friend. I wish he was our friend. She's not. He our should friend. be our friend. No, Mackenzie Crook is a is a dude. It's Gareth from the he's Office. He's not our friend. Who also who, is he? who also plays Rigetti and, oh, and right, he said right, he didn't right, want right, to right. do. He said he didn't want to do Pirates Five. Smart man. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> smart. Oh, but smart you know man. who the main bad guy is? In pi- in the in the real Pirates Five guys. Who? Okay. Yeah. Have you seen Skyfall? Yeah. Skyfall, let the sky fall. Remember how awesome the villain was? Javier. Yeah. Yeah. Is it him? Yeah. Oh gosh. Javier. Javier Bardem. Javier. Javier. Yep. Javier Bardem. Whatever that guy. Okay, so he's gonna be Poseidon. He. And, and he, no, no, he's not Poseidon. He's what? Captain Salazar, the ancient nemesis of all the pirates. Ancient nemesis like the of pirate all the pirates. Whoa, 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 whoa. You just explained more. Ancient nemesis of all the pirates. No, no, not all the pirates. I made that one up. Okay, I was going to say. Because you just took it, like, that would be even, that would just be ridiculous to the extreme. Not that it's not already to the extreme, but anyway. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Ridiculous. And we're done. All right, so I think we're good to go. We're good to go. Thank you, thank you everybody. Us. Yeah. Thank you, Luke. Of course. Happy yeah, to be you. here as always. Mate. And hey, let's so have a quiet. Christmas song at the end or something. You got a Christmas song, buddy? Or we have the music that we made for Pirates Four. That could be a nice one. It could be. I don't remember. remember we it, we but made I'm sure the it's Spanish wonderful. guitar. That's right. We did a Spanish and I mixed guitar. it together. Oh, yeah, you did some Spanish right, guitar I, stuff. I, I, played, I played before the, the actual guitar. one came out. And four. That also was something I was so sad to hear. Oh yeah, they did. They did do that. Even the though Rodrigo though, though you, have to, you have to admit their their musicality on there as was pro. You know, perfect to play. Well, they're Rodrigo and Gabriela. They were they're 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 professional. Of course, of course, celebrity guitar players. But ours was you did the guitar. And I chose this because we were actually going to be in the Mediterranean in the yeah. movie in yes. Spain. That was kind of interesting. Pirates oh, of the Mediterranean. Musical. No, there no, it's Pirates of the Caribbean because they're not of the Mediterranean. You see? Here we go. No, no, get it. Yes. We'll go to Universal, no, yeah, and say, "Okay, right, we got, we got a pitch for you." Pirates of the Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we can use the Croatian pirates. They looked great. They had mustaches <laughs> and cravats. Yes, Featuring... the cravats. That's what I wanted to do in the movie, too. I wanted to show a lot of the Croatian that'd be interesting. Because no one sees that stuff. Yeah, he's usually not told in history. Exactly. History. Featuring That's Jacob Blue Night Jay. Movie. Remember As... when we wanted to do Knights of Old? What? Yeah. Yes, Knights of Old is awesome. Yeah, we, th- we thought Disney was going to go with Pirates of the Caribbean and then make another one with Johnny Depp and Will, <laughs> yeah. uh, not Will Turner, with uh, Orlando Bloom and Karen Knightley yeah, and call we, it. We, we, we could do a franchise, like, because Pirates of the Caribbean is sex- successful, it's kind of like, you know, wacky-ish, yeah. we can do, now it's Middle Ages, Yeah, but it's also Johnny Depp. Yeah, and it's Depp called and Knights of Old. Like that, sort of. Like, just relatively And then And then Gangsters of the West. Oh yeah, Gangsters. oh yeah, Gangsters cowboys. The they did do that. It's called Lone Ranger, and it was terrible. Oh yeah, dun dun mm. da dun dun. That oh yeah, the movie where we can't, you know, we never mind. Forget it. Thanks, Luke. We're done. Thanks. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas time it now. Christmas we release this probably Christmas. Well, we are. Chestnuts roasting on an open, on an open fire. So now. 
Jack Sparrow. I'm glad we got this over with, and it's awesome. And thanks, Luke, for stuff and all that kind of cool stuff. We should have you in. You know, we should have you next time. I don't know when. We always say this, but we'll we'll do it. (laughs) We'll do it. We'll do it. Time in the future. Thank you all. Cool man. Thanks for listening. I hope you like the story. Comment, like, subscribe. There, there's a lot more stuff that I didn't talk about for our Rate us pirate story, but there's just so much to talk about. It's just, I know. It's, it's hard. It's you hard could go into just so into. much detail because I know there was a lot of stuff about all those scenes that 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 we that you did and we did. But yeah, people will no get bored cares. if we go into that much detail. Mm. That needs to be like a open panel kind like of thing. Five hour. Five uh, yeah, hour. panel sort of thing. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, listen to our ideas. Well, yeah, if, 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 you guys all, if you guys all got Oculus Rifts, we could just do a virtual panel. Yeah, yeah. Join us. Yeah, of course, you know. Those damn things. <laughs> <laughs> waste. Okay. Waste. Waste. I think the Oculus is awesome, but I need to try it first. Anyway. Let's, the, end. the end. All righty. Woo, bye-bye. Bye. Okay. No, we just, we just we just said bye and then we just did bye for the podcast. You can stop recording, Jacob.